Hey, bitch. It's me, Sarah, from Survivor Kagayan, Game Changers, and Winners at War. Whoop, whoop. And I just wanted to stop in and tell you that me and Wyatt love listening to your podcast. And I'll tell you what, he was more excited about being the freak of the week than he Rice! was. That, Wyatt! Rice! Wyatt! That's Wyatt! Than he was about me being on Winners at War. Anyway, he's got a little message for you. Bryce, I am so uh, flattered by the uh, Freak of the Week and just loving your podcast that I schedule my next tattoo. And I'm going to get some purple pants put on there for you, bud. Barf. Anyway, hey, we're so proud of you. You're killing it. Keep killing it. We love you. And it's, it's a, a, it's a, it's a, a purple, purple pants, pants podcast. podcast. It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the purple pants podcast. You better listen in public. Might make your stomach hurt. It's the purple pants podcast. You trying to unwind? You better get that box wine. It's the purple pants podcast. You trying to get your snack? You better hurry right back though. It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants. Welcome, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of the Purple Pants Podcast. I am your host, Bryce Isaiah, and I hope this podcast finds you safe and well. It's a very crazy time out here, so I just wish that, you know, all my listeners, their family, and everyone is staying safe and doing well. So, welcome to this week's episode, and if this is your first time listening, welcome. We go together, because you know if you listen to this podcast, then that means we go together. Woo! Chile is all I have to say is woo Chile. It's a lot. It is definitely a lot going on. But before we get into all of the who la blah that's going on, I just want to remind you guys if you could subscribe to my podcast, yes, on Apple Podcasts. If you could give me a review, write a rating, let the world know what you think, good, bad, or indifferent. I really love to read your feedback because it helps me motivate and push the podcast to where it needs to be. You know, if you don't like something, let your baby boy know. If you love something, um, let your baby boy know, okay? I love the reviews. The only review I don't like is from Bob from the Midwest. But anyway, we ain't even gonna spend much time on her. What's poppin', Purple Pants Posse? What's been going on? What y'all been up to? I know. I know. I see. I know it's a lot going on. And trust me, we will get into that in this podcast. But on a, a, a regular note, I want to know what have you guys been doing? What you been up to? Me, Busy as a quarantine bee, as always. I had a lot of stuff to get done this weekend. And, you know, Baby Boy was just doing a lot. But it was important for me this weekend, with everything going on, to just take some time and, like, hang out with some friends. So, like, on Sunday, I was able to have, like, a little picnic down by the water and just really kind of decompress with some close friends of mine, which I think is so important and very much so needed for everyone to do, to be able to have a safe space with people that you can talk to, people that you can decompress with, people that you can argue with, people that you can yell with. But in a very loving, loving, loving way. So that's really what I was up to this weekend besides all the madness that was going on. But I'm really excited because I have a great episode for you guys this week. So let me give you the rundown of the rundown of what's popping on this week's episode of the Purple Pants Podcast. We got the church announcements on this week's menu. We've got Spencer Bledsoe, my Kageyan brother, and we touch on a lot of different things. You know, where he's been, what he's up to. We talk about some Kageyan beef and just mental health and just like you know what Survivor means to a lot of us. I've got the killing of George Floyd and you know we got a lot to unpack there. I'm also covering Insecure because you know that's my show and we've got the Purple Pants Premonitions. We've also 
got our Purple Pants picks. We got advice with Bryce. We got Bob's message. And you know, baby boy got a freak of the week for you. So before we jump into this podcast, you know your baby boy after the after this week and weekend. You know, baby boy got to be wetting his whistle. And you know me, I'm wetting my whistle, okay? To little Tito's. And I have some cran pineapple juice. Ooh, big bag. It's so good. So it is delicious. Hold on, wait. Mm, mm. Listen, baby boy got to wet his whistle after everything that's going on, okay? It's my little release. But listen, let's get into this podcast. On this week's church announcements, I just wanted to remind everyone that I put out a special sequester podcast on Friday. And your baby boy has putting in a lot of time editing and making sure that I can give you a great podcast. And so I really uncover what, you know, my experience was like on sequester. I break down what sequester is like. And I had a number of the survivor contestants that participated in sequester, like the war dog, Kelly Wentworth, Jatia, John Carroll, Chelsea Walker, Lauren Ashley Beck. So it really is a great podcast. So if you have not listened to it, listen, y'all better go and check it out. And also for that matter, you know, check out the other previous podcast that I've done with Wendell, which was really great. And the one with Chris Underwood. Your baby boy has really been trying to do his thing on the editing side, really cutting things down, you know, really streamlining the podcast to give you guys the best product that I can. So please, if you have not, check out those podcasts and give me some feedback. I would greatly appreciate it. Next on the church announcements, I just wanted to touch on the Purple Pants podcast interns. So a while back, I had let you guys know I'm looking for some Purple Pants podcast interns and email me so we could get it popping. And I have to say, I was truly overwhelmed with the amount of like response that I received in it. I'm like, oh my God, my Purple Pants posse is really showing out. So one, I just wanted to thank everyone that sent me an email wanting to be a part of the Purple Pants podcast and wanting to be an intern. From the bottom of my purple heart, I greatly appreciate it. And so another thing that I was up to last week, Jack and I were conducting some Purple Pants podcast intern interviews and we like have narrowed it down to some couple of semi-finalists. And so in the next week or so, we'll have definitely our Purple Pants podcast intern. And I am just trying to, you know, work on this podcast, work on my craft and really give you guys the best podcast that I can give you. Because, you know, this is an intimate space. You know, we get intimate on the Purple Pants podcast. And I'm at the point where it's okay to ask for help. And if some of my Purple Pants posse wants to help, I love it. And to everyone that I was not able to respond to or for anyone that I interviewed and I was not able to pick you, I do apologize. But listen, that don't mean nothing. Listen, as we continue to grow, baby boy gonna need some more help. So don't feel like I left you out. I got you covered. And when the time comes that I need some more help, I will absolutely reach out to you guys. But I just wanted to put that on the announcements. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone that responded, participated in interviews. And then, you know, soon, thanks to my Purple Pants interns. Okay, we out here doing big things. Your baby boy is trying to glow up. Okay, glow up. But all right, that's going to conclude this week's church announcements. Now, let's get into this podcast. Okay, the meat and potatoes. It's a man who is a menu. Meat and potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew. It's a man who is a menu. Meat and potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew.
All right, guys, I'm so excited for this. What I got for you, I got some juicy, juicy something on this menu. I'm so excited to have my friend, my Kagiyan brother, Spencer Bledsoe on my podcast. So welcome, Spencer, to the Purple Pants Podcast. Woo! Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you. I, I'm hearing all my juiciness for you. Yes, I'm so excited. Now, I'm so excited, one, to talk to you, two, the things that we have to talk about are so exciting, and I'm so excited for the the world to really get to understand our friendship because I don't really think that people yeah, know Yeah, that's true. How- it's slept on, you know? We we didn't ever even meet in Kageyan. I know. Okay, I was mad about that, but I'm going to put that to the side. But, <laughs> yeah, and even though, like, we did not meet in Kageyan, and then at some point in Kageyan, you know, I had, like, a not a, a huge falling out, but when I had my falling out with Gary, I somewhat, like, lumped mm, you yeah, into yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and really? We, I didn't know that. Well, well, not, well, when I heard, like, that, like, you were, like, staying at his house and I was like yeah. not invited then I was like yeah, oh, yeah. okay F Spencer but then I think that you had heard through like Alexis and then you had reached out to me you're like I don't want any parts of this price like Garrett invited me and I so yeah I, I remember not understanding any of the dynamics of what went down well it was a lot that went down and so that like you know obviously like my first survivor friend uh, was Garrett um, right. and like I, I always heard of like before anything I always heard like a, you will make lifelong friends out of Survivor and mm-hmm. me being like a gay black man I always struggle with like making like meaningful male friendships yeah, um, yeah. and you I always like you before. know right and I always it was like you know I always had female friends but I never really had like male friends that I felt like that I could like just like tell them everything right and so Garrett was like one of like my first friends from Survivor like you know we 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 were at Ponderosa we went on a trip together and like I really was so excited uh because like you know we had created this bond that I was like wow this is so amazing and even after we got back Garrett was like you know hey you when you come out to LA for the reunion like you're spending a week at my house and I'm taking you around LA and like you're having such a fun time and like I was just open with Garrett about like everything like my financial situations like you know how I'm just a poor little old boy like it's just whatever (laughs) and so Garrett was like I got you and then like a week leading up to like our finale Garrett was like he called me and was like hey um so what are you doing like for finale (laughs) what am I doing for a finale I had already requested off an extra week and so I, I was very in tune to what he was saying so I was like oh I don't know and then I had talked to whoa whoa, whoa 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 okay. whoa okay here's your first issue you said I don't know why didn't you address it right then and there well because I be- oh, oh okay Dr. Spencer well look I'm I'm Garrett's neighbor and I'm Garrett's friend so I do feel like I have to you know be fair here so and that's fine and I was Garrett's friend so I will like because we had for months Spencer talked about what this week was would be like the things that we were going to do like all of the places right. that he was going to show me right. so all of a sudden that like these plans that we've talked about and again I'm not bashing Garrett like I don't want to make it seem like I'm bashing Garrett although like the love and respect that I had for Garrett at that time like it no longer exists for me yeah, because like, I, 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 I I just feel that anyway but yeah, it's so, not like a negative it's more just like you had built up this incredible positive on the back right and like I was like, like you can't like, I was just like, closely with, with guys and then uh, uh, that dissipated right and dissipated in such a nasty way so we talked for months Spencer the whole season and then the week of that I'm like you know planning to come out like we have this conversation and he's like so what are you gonna like like what are you doing and so I in my mind I was like and I who what <laughs> right so like I just I was just like oh I don't know like you know I'm gonna let's fly in and fly out and mind you I purposely said that fly in and fly out and I was like waiting for his response and his response was like oh okay well like 
well, we'll definitely get to hang out. And so I was just like immediately crushed. Like I was just like, I can't believe like, and then, so not to add on to my crushness. Okay. Like I was crushed, but I was like, okay, whatever. It is what it is. Then yeah. I talked to Alexis and Alexis tells me that she and her friend are staying at Garrett's house. Mm-hmm. And she tells me that you're staying at Garrett's house. And yeah. so I was like, what the? And so I immediately, and mind you, just, I was, so one thing about me, you know, I always tell my purple pants, Posse Spencer, I'm on a road for a better Bryce. So I am always constantly like reevaluating myself yeah. and I'm trying to yeah. just grow. I think anyone should. That's good. And so, you know, I wasn't on the road back then. So I, when I found out that information, <laughs> I immediately took to my Twitter and I was just like, <laughs> it's funny to see that people's how people did on survivor like you know basically equivalent equ- what's the word is it equivalates uh is equivalent to uh, is is equivalent to their actual friendships to, yeah equates yeah. equates equates to their actual friendship yeah. and so i think from that like obviously garrett saw that and and you saw that and i think maybe even like alexis had reached out to you and so that you had called me and you're like hey bro yeah, i just want to yeah. let you know that like i don't have anything to do with that i i love you and that like you know garrett invited me and like you like honestly i'm going to stay out there and like do whatever and so like yeah. just that that was just like my issue with garrett well so something we, good can come out of it in the sense that uh you can you know tweet some truth because that is kind of an issue i feel like i feel like no, for uh, sure people respond way too much to not only you know your performance on the show but perceptions of you from the show and it's like you're st- whenever you meet survivors or whenever you're bonding with people from your cast it's like you're starting on this foundation that uh whether it's you know really real or not is questionable no yeah definitely and so like you know garrett called me and just like made up this like oh I, I, my apartment's not that big and like you know spencer wanted to come and like i'm like okay all fine and dandy but like bitch we talked about this in thailand like you were the one that was like you have to come out and like and just all of the things that i like i like the friend that i was to garrett at that time i just yeah, felt yeah. like when he needed it was a just a, right it was just a huge and and i was that friend i was that sounding board for him every night i was that like positive reinforcement and anyway it just was a slap in the face and so like we've never recovered like we've reached out we've talked to each other but we have never 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 <laughs> recovered from have you, like, have you recovered just to clarify so i no i have not and, and I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm honest <laughs> well i'm just saying i i have not but what i will say is yes and no because i feel like the universe gives you like positives and negatives and although like yeah. at that time like spencer was like like the, the greatest friend ever but you know life moves on I moved on and then like you know the survivor universe brought me Wendell and Wendell is like the epitome of a true friend Wendell is like a brother to me and it's like yeah. it's just weird because like that's the relationship I thought I had with Gary and so it yeah. just is what it is but you like, never I don't know, even know what how... it will be I guess for sure until you find out what right. it is <laughs> and I but... even like reached out to Gary not that long ago like I texted him Um, and I didn't and mind you I guess because I'm just I don't know because I don't ever feel like he's taking accountability so like I feel like we mend fences and then I'm like that crazy ex-wife that like I'm just like uh-uh that ain't good enough but like so it's just weird like I just felt like I had reached out to him and he just gave me this like generic like you know like you'll always be my brother like mm, no that's not really what I'm talking about so we we're like we're not in a good place in my mind because like I am still hurting and even I don't even know if you can hear the hurt in my voice talking about this it just really was just like such a, a slap in the face to me yeah I, but, hear I, I hear you I, I know I can't feel what you feel but uh, I can imagine, and yeah, I, I know it's uh, 
it's a tough thing because like the bond that you're talking about is definitely a, an intense one that hurts to lose or hurts to have jeopardized. Right. And especially, and I guess for me, and maybe and I, I can understand where he doesn't understand where I'm coming from. But like for me, well, he's also, he like, I mean, he's been wrapped up in his own stuff too. I don't no, know for sure. And and I, and I get that. And I, and I, and I, and I, I want to sympathize for him. And I guess where my heart hurts about that is that like, I'm not his friend that I could like, you know, be just his friend in like all of that that he's gone through. And I guess in truthful, what I'm really saying is like, I guess that hurts the most for me is because I, I know like I've spent an infinite amount of time with Garrett. Like, and so I know Garrett and I understand and I, I get it. But how, when's the say, last time you saw him? Uh, I haven't saw him since reunion. So and I mean, I was, that was six years ago. That's a really long time. I, I, really would, long time. I would be very skeptical that, you know, Garrett now, you know, maybe well, it would I be mean, worth ve- reaching out again. Very much so true. But like, I, I like, and I, and, and, and even, even through it all, through these years, I've always been the one to reach out to him. I've always yeah, been the one yeah. to like, but at the same time, it's like every time that I reach out, Spencer, it's like, I get this same, like, and I'm just like, no, no, yeah. no. Well, no. you don't need and it to work with Garrett. I mean, it's not. No, 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 Your no, life no. is good. But <laughs> it is. But in my heart, like, you know, if I don't know, and maybe this is my downfall, Spencer, is that like, if I meet someone and we have a bond, if we have a connection, like, I feel like we are like, I don't know. I just, I always, I don't ever want it to go sour. And so I yeah, guess it, yeah. that, that just, it, it just bothers me that like, you, you know. always stay I, in bloom. <laughs> right. And I guess like, you know, but I guess flowers grow, they bloom. And then they like, you know, sometimes yeah. like if, it's, if, if it's not an annual, it go down. But anyway, enough said about Garrett. I, <laughs> What's I love an annual? Garrett. I mean, well, an annual and a perennial. A perennial is a flower. Oh, the flowers. Per- oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I should so, know more about flowers. My girlfriend you should. Loves you should have a I'm green sitting thumb. next to him right now. <laughs> you should. But enough about Mr. Garrett. But nothing but. <laughs> yeah, we've given I, Garrett uh, t- at least 10 minutes. Yes, <laughs> I know. Because I didn't know he was about to go on this journey. And like, my, I have a lot of built up. But I wish nothing but the best for him. I wish that our friendship was not where it's at. But I'm at, like, you know, I'm fine with however it is. I wish that yeah. nothing but happiness. I think it's um, a good segue into, and if you wanted a different segue, just edit what I'm saying out and do your own thing. But, uh, mm-hmm. like, I mean, he, he recently tweeted about how he never got over his pain with Survivor. And whether it's friendships falling apart, uh, friendships evolving, relationships, <laughs> um, or what, uh, I think uh, we're starting to talk more and more uh, about the effects of Survivor on contestants, how things unfold over the years. And it's it's a really interesting conversation. Definitely. And when I, I have to be honest, because, you know, I'm, I'm very honest with my Purple Pants posse. When I saw that, that tweet of Garrett, I like roll my eyes to it mm-hmm. um, just because I just thought it was just convenient for him. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, so, it is. It, it definitely might be uh, right. You know, Tony winning Survivor, another Kageon plug, you making an entrance back into social media, another <laughs> Kageon plug. Like, that's how I looked at it. And so, again, I like I'm very bipolar when it comes to Garrett. Like, it's like I love him dearly. And then it's just like I'm like, Ugh, whatever. But anyway, it's, I just think. Yeah. And, and this oh. can be the last thing I say about it. But I, I just think uh, people change, you know, we're constantly changing and it would be a shame to assume something about Garrett or how he would respond, you know, to you reaching out after not seeing him or hearing from him from, for so long, you know? That is true. But Maya Angelou, if there's one thing about Maya Angelou, she has taught me and told me that if somebody shows you who they really are, you should believe them. Mm. And I just, and that, that sticks with me because it's like, <clears throat> never anyway, never yeah. would I ever do that to anybody that I called a friend. But the reason why I'm so excited to talk to you is because you have made a splash back into the 
social medias. You back up on the Twitters. You back up on the Instagram. I'm yes. like, the only thing I'm waiting for is Spencer to have an OnlyFans. A what? <laughs> a OnlyFans. <laughs> Do you know what an OnlyFans is, Spencer? No, please enlighten me. Okay, well, I'm just saying, during this quarantine time, you can make a lot of money. So basically, a OnlyFans is, it's not like Pornhub. Although, some people, <laughs> so, but listen, follow me though. Follow I'm, me. I'm with you. I'm with you. Some people like post porn there. Other well-known people may just post more risque photos oh, of themselves okay. that's not necessarily porn and people like subscribe to it. So, I mean, I know you want Cameo and I'm just saying if you want Spencer and just only because I'm your friend, you know, I volunteer and manage your, uh, your OnlyFans if you want Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the offer. I uh, <laughs> I would have to actually look into how much of porn <laughs> really is on a serious note because I, uh, on a serious note, and maybe this is too much. If it is, you cut it. But uh, I think no. porn, I think porn is one of the most destructive forces to hit humanity. And uh, in 20 years, people will look back and be amazed at the damage we did to ourselves with it. I now, now this wasn't on my topic, but I agree. <laughs> I can't tell you how many like relationships or like people that I know that feel like they are like sterile to like yep. intimacy because of like porn. Yep. And you know, like full disclosure, I am like an Audi child. Spencer, I don't know what the hell we was talking about how we're getting doing these things, but for <laughs> hey, me, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. For me, like sex is great. You know, I ain't never gonna pass it up. But for me, I always and forever, mind you, I'm like a a, a forever hopeless romantic and mm, all of that stuff. Yep. But for me, intimacy is I is way more on my list than actual sex. Uh, yeah. For, a, a multitude of reasons. Number one, I'm a gay man, so sex ain't just like how heterosexual sex is. Right. Bitch, you got to prepare for the sex when you come into gay sex, but also like, I just, I I, I just choose intimacy so much more and like, you know, just... Uh, Y'all have like, the frequency of sex down to a science too. It's like, holy I'm, shit, with Grinder and all these apps, it's uh, it's, Chile, a, it's remarkable, truly. Chile. Now, mind you, I'm not, I'm not on the Grinders and I'm not on none of that stuff because I do hold myself to a slight bit of a higher standard but gotcha. yeah it's like you know I just I choose intimacy before sex always and forever and I feel that like a lot of the times porn it really kind of like ruins like it, it stirls people and it, it's like yeah. they're not even attracted to like their own partner because like they rather like masturbate so like yeah you know, it, it, it's just like this weird psyche that we're in it's bad, it's bad not, on a lot of levels like I don't know sure, if but, I would I don't know if I would go as far as to say I like intimacy more than sex but uh, it does certainly, you know, blur or I guess um, create a line between the two or dissociate intimacy from the whole thing. Definitely. And I feel like intimacy is a part a part of it. Like, it's mm-hmm. foreplay. Like, l- listen, you ain't about to just do what you listen. You got <laughs> to lick and st- like, okay. But anyway, we ain't even gonna get on. We're not, we're not gonna let porn You don't wanna up. go I- I- any further down this rabbit yeah, hole? <laughs> yes. I'm gonna keep it cute. I'm gonna keep it cute. But um, what was it like and what was your reasoning for, like, making your splash back into social media like and the last time that i can remember like hearing from you was i know when you did that podcast with rob yeah, but, um, yeah. that was pretty much the last time i was i was in the on the grid right i yeah. uh I, I mean basically it has more to do with why i chose not to be on social media than with uh why i chose to be back you know there's not any particularly special timing right now although i am excited to offer free meditation during the quarantine yes. uh which i'm doing and um you can sign up for that by the way 
But um, where, where where can I sign up for it at? Real quick, though, since we don't just go to my most recent Instagram or Twitter post, and there's a doodle poll where you can pick a time. It's six thirty to eight a.m. every morning Pacific time, and then I'm gonna switch to a live one in a bit. But anyway, I wasn't trying to just get a, a plug here. I had a point. Um, no, but I, I'm curious because I want to take one. Yeah, oh, please, please come. You can come to any of them, and I'll send you the Zoom details. It's uh, Zoom sessions for now, but I think I'll switch to Instagram Live in a couple weeks. Oh, that would be yeah, fun. Just trying to you know get people in the door because a lot of times people don't know where to start. They you know at this point it's not like meditation is obscure. You know it's very popular, and a lot of people have a sense that they want to do it. It's been on their list, but they just haven't had that kick in the butt to start, and they also might not know where to get just a basic lesson about uh, what it's about and what you do. And so that's what this is. And so I always say like I um I've tried meditation before, and I don't know if it, it ever was my zhuzh, mm-hmm. and just because maybe where I was at with life. But what sure. I had to realize was that like I and and so I will preface this by saying is that like I always wanted what people got out of it, um, and not mm-hmm. so much like oh I want to meditate, but you I, don't, I want you don't want to just sit there with your eyes closed for hours on end. I mean, if we are we you trying to get intimate with me, Spencer? Okay, listen, I said okay, but <laughs> meditation is but, intimate. Yes, no, for sure, and uh, yes, but not that I'm opposed to that. But I always, I guess the the reward for me about meditation was that like the clarity, the mm-hmm. like the what people get out of it, and so I definitely attempted before, but I guess it, it and again, when we talk about intimacy, it is a connection, it's a relationship. You gotta be like, you gotta feel connected yeah. to, like, and so I, I I think that at that time, I was not there. But what I had to realize, and the more and more I have come into myself, and like these last four years have been like phenomenal for me, just like really realizing that like, and mind you, I don't want to sound like full of myself, but one, like, Bryce, you that bitch, and you been yeah, that bitch, yeah. and you knew that you been that bitch, so it's like being and more you, uh, you bring people up. You're you really are a healer in a lot of ways. And and so that is and and right and and me actually like people have said that to me. You you've said that to me a, a multitude of times, Spencer. And I always am just like, oh yeah. But <laughs> me actually like accepting that and moving forward with it. Yeah. And so w- w- the more I got comfortable with myself is when I realized like I don't necessarily meditate, but I can reach that when I like run. Mm-hmm. When I run, it seems like the world stops and mm-hmm. that's when i was just like well maybe like and just like and i was sharing yeah. with you before we even got on i'm like you know i've started this like cleaning business and i i enjoy cleaning like you know and when i clean it seems like the world stops and so i just uh, like and again i always was trying to get to that place of like where people are when they meditate but i realized that like everything isn't for everybody and you have to find your own lane and right. what i realized is that like and finding my own lane like you know running for me is a, a, a form of meditation it is it's meditation right is a form of meditation and so i that's just where i'm at with it and so but where i'm more self-aware of myself and obviously like taking a meditation class with you i feel like oh i I would be able to get to like i like i i am i have the utmost respect and i know that you are a like real friend and i i I just i knew i just i i I feel like i know that i would be way more receptive than like the like Mm -hmm. the things that i was trying four or five years ago yeah yeah i hear you and you're right that running is meditative. I think uh, you're also right that meditation isn't for everyone in the sense of sitting down on the cushion and not everyone, you know, that's just not the right path for everyone at the stage they're at or with the, uh, you know, the, uh, their, uh, I guess, uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm stumbling for a word, but. No, but like them. where they're, yeah, like where they're um, at and like the place that they're at in life and like where they personally are at because like 
I'm like, like, yeah, no, you, go ahead, go ahead. No, uh, I was just saying, like, you know, you have to be self aware and you've got to be like, you, you have to be able to listen to yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you are like self conscious, if you aren't like able to like know who you are, then I right. feel like sometimes it might be a little problematic for you to meditate. Well, because maybe, it's, maybe. Well, maybe, but maybe not, but it's, like tuning into yourself and, and like really like, and I, I feel like that could be, you know, something that you could work on and that is a part of the meditation process but I, you know you, you tell me because i might just be talking just crazy but <laughs> i just yeah so no i, I think you're right that it, the sitting is not necessarily the right next step for everybody i don't know if it's specifically uh people who don't yet know who they are who shouldn't take that step because really meditation is showing you that none of us know who we are um, no, very much so but uh the I, i'm thinking more you know if you're having a lot of mental distress because meditation was first introduced in the U.S. through a medical and a scientific lens. It's what validated meditation for us in the 70s and 80s and turned it from what was a fringe activity in the 60s to what's now, you know, actually pretty mainstream and uh, like a billion dollar plus uh, industry with with smartphone apps and everything. Um, Medicine and the validation of meditation in a medical context, you know, made that shift, but it also stripped meditation of its religious roots and of its initial goal, which is to destroy your sense of self, right? It's it's literally the practice of realizing what you really are, which is not a self. It's not Bryce. It's not Spencer. And that's super existentially threatening and often gives people difficulties. It actually, meditation can relieve anxiety, but on this existential level, it can produce anxiety. And it's, you know, something that people don't uh, talk about hardly at all. But if, if you think this sounds like something that could tip you off balance in your mental health, then meditation probably isn't for you. But what I was going to say is that even though there is that, you know, exact form sitting on the cushion of meditation that isn't for everyone, there is a sense of meditation that is for everyone insofar as meditation is just about tuning in to what's already there. It's about noticing your internal experience. And that's where you get to your point about self-awareness. And it, you know, it can help you find that sense of who you are because you're aware of your own internal reactions and what's going on throughout your day rather than just being, you know, completely fixated on the external blind to the internal forces that are driving you. And so I think anything that makes you aware of your body, that makes you aware of your own internal world is meditative and running and physical activities are very much included in that because you're in that flow state where you're very aware of your body. You're not just, you know, brooding on some neurotic thing, right? You're, you're present. Yeah. You were present when, when I ran with you, you were, uh, you got a photo, you were feeling out (laughs) everyone's vibes. (laughs) I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. Um, That's a funny story. Spencer came to Philly. Um, and again, I don't know that for me did not cement our friendship, but that cemented for me that Philly trip that like, like I, that I like unequivocally, and I might be saying that wrong word wrong, but that I unequivocally loved you, Spencer, that like I, you were somebody that I truly cared about. Like Spencer, like, I don't know, Spencer was working on a project and he was like, Hey Bryce, I'm going to come to Philly for a day. Can I stay at your house? I'm like, absolutely. Like that actually turned into him like staying at my house for a week. And, um, um, and getting essentially great. therapy from you. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but I was, you, uh, you know, it was a hard time for me. I was at a relationship falling apart and there was a lot of chaos and you were a tremendous friend for me. And and I agree, you know, it didn't cement the friendship. We were already friends, but it deepened it tremendously. Absolutely. And I, there was like two, two things that stand out for me from that trip was when we went runny 
running. And um, at first I was like, I didn't really know like how much of a runner you were. So I was like, all right, Spencer, let's just like warm up and we'll walk. And then like halfway through the walk, Spencer's like, well, bitches, we going to run. I'm like, well, all right, well, let's run. And so then, you know me, I'm you as vain as I am. I'm like, Spencer, we got to get a photo. And Spencer's like, yeah, let's let's ask this guy right here. I'm like, Mm-mm, Spencer, I don't feel this vibe. I don't feel this vibe. And I'm like, <laughs> when I feel the vibe of somebody that could take a good photo, I'll let you know. And we randomly came across this. Like, I was like, ooh, I, I, was it a guy or I think it was a it guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Spencer, I like him. He gonna do it. <laughs> and then he like ended up knowing about Survivor and all of that like good stuff. And it just like, you know, our photo happened to be so epic. And then another thing that that is one thing that stands out for me. And another thing that stands out for me when you came to Philly was I um people already know this about me, but I work a lot. Like, you know, I don't mind working. I don't mind putting in a lot of hours. And at that time, I think I was like working three jobs. And so I was like working the hospital overnight. I had yeah, my main job. And then that. I had like yeah. a part time job. And I felt bad because like Spencer essentially was like, like Spencer just rented an Airbnb, which just happened to be my house because I, I was never there. But <laughs> but I mean, I was thing, doing stuff. I was conducting right. mental health interviews. So it wasn't as if I was sitting at home alone. No, for sure. But like, you know, I like I was so excited to have you come in and I wanted to spend like quality time with you. And the one thing that I thought that Spencer did was like so cute that like, you know, um towards it was like towards like, I don't know, maybe like one of the last nights or two. I don't know. But I was like, Spencer, I got a really busy day next day. So I ain't going to be around. So Spencer was like, yeah, I'll probably be sleep when you get home. But when I got home, Spencer was like up and Spencer was like, you want to hang out? You want to talk? And I was like, yes. Like I was just so excited. <laughs> and you know, we, you know, had a couple of baby boy loves to wet his whistle. So we were wetting our whistle and we just really had such an organic conversation uh-huh. that like, just is kind of like how this podcast is going. Like just random shit was coming out. But what I loved about it was that like one, you felt comfortable with me and I felt comfortable with you and that it was just like, you don't always meet people um, and especially from the survivor realm although like we're a big family we're not really a big family like you know <laughs> but it's just like you just oftentimes don't meet people that you just feel so comfortable that like you share things like traumas mm-hmm. and things and I just feel like as much as healing as that conversation that we had for you was so much as healing for me and like I just I, I feel like I will take with I'll take with that I will take those like conversations that we've had like to the day that I died like I, I just felt like they were really that powerful and really that meaning and the things that I was sharing and the things that you were sharing it just yeah. it really touched me and that's when I realized that I'm like Spencer Spencer's a real ass bitch like I I, I like I, I could not have like I, I don't even know like it literally was like the cherry on the top and just the and the fact that we were like wetting our whistle and just like it was <laughs> I think the weed helped I mean, more <laughs> well I mean ha ha I ain't hear that I got the, the connection broke up but yeah no for sure uh definitely and so that's why I was like so excited when I saw that you were back on social media because as a fan of Survivor people love you as like a friend I love you and so like I just was so happy to see that like you were at a place Yes, you, all, 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 all this <laughs> and intimacy. I, I love you ba- too, by the way. Yes. Oh, come on, come on. All this intimacy over here. Come on, Spencer. <laughs> so I just, I was just happy that you were just back and just like what a, a splash that you made because people were genuinely happy to see you. Well, that's the new and way to like, do it, I think. I think the new social media strategy is you take a long hiatus and then you come and just blitz them and then you, then you take another long hiatus. Everybody ain't motherfucker Spencer Blesso, so everybody can't do that. 
bitch. I take a long hiatus. I come back. They would say, who the hell is that? <laughs> who was who that chunky man? I probably Listen, have I lost I- a lot of uh, buzz, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> no. The lies, Spencer. You got cameos out the wazoo to do. At, like, your posts are, like, trending everywhere. And which kind of segues me into our next topic is that, like, I, and of course, you know, I, I follow everything that you do, everything where you at. You yeah, know, you follow like, everything. I do, because listen, you baby call boy. call my sister up. You do what you ah, don't, <laughs> Hey, Spencer. Spencer, don't be spilling all the tea, okay? Listen, we, this is a, oh, you don't gotta be spilling all that tea, but yes, if, and, and that is very indicative of me, Spencer. Like, if I say that I love you and I care about you, I'm gonna go to all limbs yeah. to see where you at and what yeah. you doing, and I don't care, like, about what people think or what any of that is. And so, like, and, and again, not to bring Garrett up, but like, that's where <laughs> Garrett was at in my life. Like, that's like, I, and so I just want you to understand where I was at and where I am at yeah. with him yeah, as yeah, to yeah. why I feel so, like, in my words, betrayed. But, yeah, yeah. I, well, I, and, I, I mean, to pick up on that, because I was gonna pick up on the same topic just in our lovey dovey moment, uh, I feel like uh, it, it meant a lot to me when you, you know, could open up to me about that, about the fact that it's harder for you to connect with guys oftentimes that you you uh, feel like you're not sure, you know, if they're going to be like reliable friends in the way that your women friends are. Um, right. And like, I'm just happy to be able to, you know, hopefully at least be one uh, positive force in that area, you know, because uh, it's, I, I, I hate to see uh, you, you feel like you can't, like you don't connect with a certain type of person as well. And so, but what I think that our friendship does though, Spencer, is it reinforces that like I do and that I can and that I can maintain friendships mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And so that's why your friendship to me is like so important. Um, And so like, absolutely. Uh, But what I thought is the most interesting is like when you made your splash back to social media and obviously you're talking about things that are very important and that most people don't talk about. One of the things that you had touched based on was like when Jeff Probst was like at the last episode of, well, first of all, let me ask you this question. Mind you, I'm all over the place. So you just wanted to go with me. Have you like, are you keeping up with Survivor? Have you kept up with Survivor? Yeah, I watch every episode and then I turn it off when it's over. So I'm a I'm a casual fan, I guess you would say. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Yes. Come on, casual. <laughs> so yes. So real. What were your, what was your thoughts on Winners at War? And if you could sum it up. Yeah, I thought it was a great season. Um, I like the gameplay was at a really high level. I think that they are definitely still finding their feet with some of these twists and perhaps finding the foot that says get rid of some of the twists. Okay. But uh, overall, I thought it was a great show. And I actually, regarding the most contentious twist of all, The Edge of Extinction, which seems to be the bane of the Survivor audience's existence, I actually am a fan of The Edge of Extinction. I think it allows the show to tell stories they would never be able to tell without it. No, I agree. So this is what I would say. As a casual fan like you are, I never was a fan of Exile Island. Hated it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to go on to say it. So when, when Edge of Extinction they did it the first time wasn't a huge fan but for me personally what I liked about that Edge of Extinction was that somebody that got booted out third and you know I ain't saying that third boots is like you know something special to me but that a third boot got out and then won the game so Mm. for me I'm like oh now wait a minute I like this (laughs) however for a season like Edge of Extinction what I enjoyed about it was was that obviously these are all people that have one survivor these are all people that have a huge following. These are all people that somebody along the way 
loves, cares about, like respects. And so what I liked about it was that on a season like this, that if your favorite person got voted out, they weren't gone and forgotten about. You still got to tap into them. Yeah. You still got to like, and that for me was very, very powerful. So, I mean, that's what production uh, likes about it too. They want to have their Robin Amber Day filming. Hello. Both voted out. Again, they want that intimacy, Spencer, okay? They want it. <laughs> I and feel so a theme I, building for this podcast. Okay. Listen, I, well, listen, I think I just titled it. Uh, Ooh. but I think that where they went wrong was that they should have done Edge of Extinction winners at war first. Like, you know what I mean? I don't think that if they were to introduce this theme for this season, I don't think fans would have had the hate yeah, yeah. that they had so much. And though although um people hate or always contest Chris Underwood, Chris Underwood is one of my good friends and I love me some Underwood. <laughs> and like, you know, because like he was literally beyond like, the people Zaddy think, calendar? Beyond the Zaddy calendar. People think that I love Chris Underwood because like there was like a, a gif, a gif of him like, you know, at a contest and he was running in his underwear <laughs> and his legs wasn't the only thing moving. No, that's not <laughs> why I love Chris Underwood. Like, my real connection to him was that he was voted out third. And that, like, he went to Edge of Extinction and came back and ended up winning He lived game. out your dream. He, like, for sure. And I, and to be honest, I don't know if my dream was ever to win Survivor, Spencer. I think that my dream, well, I know what my dream was. My dream was to make the motherfucker merge, Spencer. I wanted yeah. that feast. I wanted that champagne. That was, like, my dream. <laughs> I wanted um, to hang out with LJ so, longer. Well, cha child. <laughs> Listen, we didn't already brought up one trauma with Spencer with uh Garrett. We do not need to bring Leon into this. Although Leon, I, I do talk to, to LJ regularly and that LJ has been like, you know, I respect LJ. Um, although, you know, we don't need to go into this much topic. But I mean, since, you know, we just never know. Yeah. Although I do not believe, and uh, mind you, so <laughs> you gonna just think I'm crazy, Spencer, but well, so I, I have a do. really good, I have a really good relationship with LJ and Jeremiah. Like we, we communicate um often. I won't say regularly. We mm-hmm. communicate often and I've seen them both you know a handful of times but the issue when I see them and mind you LJ is very tuned to this LJ's like you love me in the daytime Bryce but at night you end up hating me <laughs> and that is very much so true like during the daytime I'm good with them don't let me have any like type of like alcoholic drink in me because then it brings out this unsettledness with me mm-hmm. because I feel like they voted me out for no reason and I know what the reason is and I'm I'm okay with it but and again it's a, a subject that they don't want to touch upon. They don't want to like acknowledge, but like, you know, I know what it is because like, <laughs> I, I know what I was like at camp. I know that like when I went out to play survivor, I was like, I do not want to be the first person out. I do right. not want to know you worked. Thing. I mean, you were definitely, you definitely was, were like positive at camp from what everything right. I heard. And I like, but like, you know, ultimately they saw that as a threat. Yeah. But why would you see that as a threat? And my thing to LJ is you had such a submitted relationship submitted submitted or cemented relationship with Jeremiah why was not that same cemented relationship extended to me I did everything Jeremiah did but more right. but yet they saw me as oh we can't trust Bryce oh he's not loyal oh he's not like and it, it's just I think, like I you- think a big part of it was how uh, easily how easy it is for you to uh, relate and thus form alliances with women 
you know? And I I think that to be true. But going out there, I was so aware of that, Spencer. And I made my first alliance with Spencer and LJ. And they always... uh, Jeremiah and LJ? (laughs) Oh, I said Spencer. Ah, yes. With (laughs) Jeremiah and LJ. And I'm like, that's like, you guys were my first alliance. Yeah. But So it wasn't the Morgan that we saw on the show. No, it wasn't. Like, I like, and and that's... I've never said this publicly because people love the relationship that I had with Morgan. But Morgan was always my least favorite of our like our group like oh, I man. could I could not get down with Morgan because like uh Morgan was like kind of lazy like she relied oh, on she her was good so looks. lazy yes like she relied on her good looks and like you know for me that's never been something that I could rely on I always knew that I had to go above and beyond for mm-hmm. mul- a multitude of reasons and so I just always just felt like you know they just never acknowledged like we voted you out because all of us had commonality and you were the one thing that stood out and that was just easy for us to vote out and they've never said that to me and I think that that's always like my like contention with them is that like during the daytime I love them that night when I drink they like they don't like I go crazy a little bit because it like it bothers me and yeah. I just feel like I mean I can see how it would because I mean I, I think they were threatened by you socially but even at the same time the fact that that just like low hanging fruit of your you know like different from me or I just don't immediately vibe with you the same way and uh, getting you voting you out as sort of like uh, something that is, is easy for them to do right. uh, it sucks to have to deal with from your point of view and I, I don't think that they really get it and that's always the thing that makes me mad and again I love them dearly like they're my brothers but like I don't ever really think that they like you know get it and I don't talk about it much Spencer because from my point of view as a openly black gay man that's played Survivor I don't want the like oh I'm mad I like yeah. I don't want that at it like I, I gladly take third boot and I rock out with it like you know I don't want people to think that I'm a sore loser I don't want any of that because I'm definitely not you know who but besides you who the most popular person from Kageon right now uh-huh. okay <laughs> let that sink in so I'm just saying like I know that like you know my hard work my work ethic my personality I know that will always prevail but it just sometimes it it, it, it gets me down when I think about it and it, it's like this love hate relationship that I have with Survivor mm-hmm. and I think that that like you know and like my like it plays on my mental health a lot of the times because like although I don't talk about it sometimes it does make me think am I less worthy mm-hmm. like and you know and in this climate that we are in today with like you know African American men getting executed yeah, okay, George Floyd assen- ass- right essentially getting lynched and broad yeah. like it's just like that it, that's something that weighs with me and that like I, uh, like I, I have to deal with and that I, I try to deal with and I, I always try to be a beacon of light I've always I always try to be positive but like sometimes when I where I run and I meditate and I self check in, I'm like, do I always have to be positive? Do I always have to like you know like because yeah, it, yeah. It, well like, you need an outlet because like if 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 alcohol is bringing things up that are under the surface, you know, then things are there under the surface, right? So for sure. And why wouldn't they be? Because like what you said makes perfect sense. And obviously, what's happening now is tragic on a whole level beyond uh, reality shows. But Survivor is a microcosm of life and right. in terms of how it's easy to create an other out of someone and easier to make certain people an other black people and you know there's a trend in survivor of, of uh, black people getting voted out super early and uh, uh, yeah or, it's like a, that's even, saddening right or dig even deeper black gay men going out third huh oh, nobody well, yeah. wants to, uh, to, <laughs> I mean nobody mere, wants merely black gay men being on the show is, <laughs> is I, I mean right and so it, it, it's just like you know and I don't rarely talk 
talk about it because I don't ever want someone to think a pity me story because there's no pity me story about me. At the end of the day, I was casted for Survivor because I am a true survivor. I've right. overcome so many things in life and I, I, I will continue to overcome things in, in life. But what I, I think that, you know, is not talked about a lot is like the, the post-traumatic stress that Survivor can weigh on one's life. And so what is such an interesting topic is that when I saw you post your disdain for, you know, Jeff teasing you know 16 and 17 year olds to play survivor i was just like wow that's a really like and you know your post really touched me and i was like mm-hmm. wow that that's a really good point because like you know at the time that i played survivor i was 20 something and um you know i i thought that i was like you know at the the peak of my life and uh-huh. like little did i know that i was nowhere near it yeah and you know and and, and that and still and i was you know i play, i was in the game 18 days and that still way on me. It still weighs on me. Wait, what are you talking about? You were in the game 18 days. I mean, let's just say, listen, we don't got to go into the numbers. I just like to say I was in the game for 18 days. Come on, Spencer. Follow me. Follow me. (laughs) I I, I don't follow, but you can go on. (laughs) And to think we was having an intimate moment, Spencer, okay? I I know. What happened? You know what? Let me log on to Pornhub because you know what? This is this is unbelievable, but no. But I was in the game for a very short time. That's what... Never mind. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Then someone to get technical with the numbers. So, I mean, maybe I was in the game for 11 days, something like that. But <laughs> the, the, the psyche and what it still does to my mental health is crazy. And I can only imagine what, what it does to someone like you, who every time that you played the game, you've gone deep into the game. And yeah. it's not like it, it's something that you can just bounce back from. It's not like something that like you can just bury deep inside of you. Because like for me, like, you know, and not, you know, I'm not saying like, you know, every time I drink, it comes out but when i'm around lj and like alexis <laughs> and jeremiah when i drink it comes on out but like yeah, you said that yeah. means that like you know i'm not fully dealing with it so like what are your thoughts on that and like you know the post game of survivor uh, yeah and like just all of what i said well i wouldn't say that it means you're not fully dealing with it i would just say it means it's not fully dealt with there is more of it um which you know as i said before is understandable but um but yeah the i wouldn't say i had disdain for Jeff, uh, you know, advertising the show to kids. Um, and I don't even know that he intends or the show intends to put 16 year olds on the show. Um, right. They might just be trying to get him in the system. That's fine. I just felt like putting what I said out there because I figured with the stakes being what they are, which, you know, you and I are familiar with, but these 16 year old kids aren't. Um, I, I think it's better to err on the side of caution and say something so that we don't have another kid nation, you know? Right. Um, it's, it's hard to overstate how much potential Survivor has or, you know, a spotlight like that in reality TV has at a young age to affect your development. It's a time in life when you're figuring out who you are anyway, right? You don't know who you are. You're growing into yourself. It's an awkward stage, I think, especially for guys. And uh, you're, you know, forming identity. And so for me, at least, and I think for a lot of young people, Survivor inevitably became a big part of identity and uh, became, you know, a lot to to work through. A lot that, uh, you know, when I was getting drunk in the past would probably have come up. I, <laughs> I don't really drink much, but, um, 
yeah, it did a number on me. I have no regrets about going on the show. And I want to be clear that I'm very happy I did. I don't think I was too young at 21 and 23. I just think for anyone that young, um, it's going to, you know, if you have an experience like what I had, a lot of people also say, hey, Spencer, you got such a good edit. What are you complaining about? Um, and I'm complaining about the good edit, right? Because <laughs> a bad edit maybe would have been worse. Sure. But what a good edit did at such a young age is uh, inflated my ego tremendously. Even though I was, you know, aware of what was happening, I consider myself a pretty down to earth guy. It still did it. And it addicted me to external approval from people like those insane dopamine rushes when it's post when it's post show. The show just ended on Wednesday night and I pull up Twitter and I've just got notific uh, books worth of notifications. Right. Um, the levels of dopamine and how I was hijacking my uh, dopaminergic reward system, not dissimilar from how porn would do the same, um, was very unhealthy and addicted me mm. to, uh, you know, it, it affected my relationship with my phone for sure, which I've just recently started, you know, uh, I would say in the last year, I've had a very healthy relationship with the phone. Um, but in the past, it was extremely dysfunctional and addictive, um, which I don't think is incredibly uncommon today, unfortunately. Um, no, well, with social media sure. and everything, I think uh, addiction to the smartphone and internet is pretty common. Absolutely. And that was one of the things that I was looking forward to Survivor was the fact that like we would go 39 days without like we would like touch back into ourselves and like, you know, mm -hmm. to, to be able to put that aside from us. And so like I felt like that was something to get out of it. But then obviously like when the show comes back on, like we're not prepared for what the edit will be like, what our perception that people will think of us like none of us are prepared for that. And I just it's it's so funny because I similar similarly had a conversation with Wendell about this. And so on this season of Winners at War, he kind of went from he got Spencer edit. Yeah, for sure. And that was something that he was so unprepared for. Yeah. And it really like bothered me because when he came back from Winners at War, he was so excited. Like, you know, he was like, Oh Bryce, you you gonna love this show. You go you I can't wait, like you know. And so to this to see his level of inci excitement for the show yeah, uh, each yeah. episode but then like you know the, but still getting the same amount of comments but just negatively now and so yeah. like, it was almost like the reverse yeah. and so that did a number on him yeah. and so like ultimately like it doing a number on him did a number on me as well too and I just feel like uh, Survivor I feel like has to do a better job of you know preparing new contestants for, for the show I feel like they do a good job preparing us for the show they do a good but, job it's I think there's some level of this that you can't prepare for. No, uh, I think I, I think true. it's uh, you really. I mean, I, I uh, whenever I get a message from a kid who is responding to what I posted and is like, "Hey, I think I can do it." I just try to emphasize, you might be right, and some of them are. I mean, there are 16 year olds who would be fine, but you don't know what this is like. You can't judge an experience without having had the experience. You know, it's right. just a mind game if you're judging it that way. That's why uh, uh, when people make quick judgments about psychedelics, I think they have no ground to stand on essentially um but I, survivor is like uh, as intense an experience and as potentially hurtful an experience if you're not ready so i think you're right i do i think that they'll uh you know take proactive steps to really ensure everyone who goes on the show is totally psychologically prepared i mean they do on paper um but i have to say no no but i again i i don't know if maybe i feel like my experience was way different than your experience but i do got this experience that like and tell me if i'm wrong but after 
the show over, they done with you. Oh, like, for sure. Done. And it's and I feel right. And but I they feel definitely like make you is, feel like they're your your friends uh, right. <laughs> during the casting process. Absolutely. But after you come back, and if you ain't made the, especially if you didn't make the jewelry, mm-hmm. you're done with you. Like there's no contact, there's no nothing. And I feel like that's where they could do a better job of like you know having Doctor Liza or connecting yeah. you with like a mental health counselor that like after and during the show that you a part of the contract have to like participate in five sessions like yeah, that's I what i that mean is that right we should because get a petition just, going for that i i i agree with you i mean and, like, i i think we could get a lot of survivors to sign that i listen because i just feel like and whether it's good bad or indifferent i know that like i've had personal conversations with michaela that like you know when michaela came back and you know michaela was like similar to you like you know she got rose to survivor stardom but indifferent like she had the mike the malcolm friedberg experience that like she came back and went right back yeah and i know that like she had a hard time and like you know was like dealing with like what post life was like and that like and she felt like they abandoned her but like you know michaela is very true to she she reached out to people and was like listen i need to talk to somebody i need this i need that and so like but there are some people that that may not do that and so most people probably don't do yeah for sure so many survivors are just petrified of losing their potential uh invitation back that they are surprisingly very uh docile with with the production mm, listen and it, it it and it's not a again i'm not speaking negatively of them i'm just like giving my thoughts on like what i think i could have used um and again maybe not even so much me in because i don't think i was affected as much as the game itself but i was affected by like the friendships and the dynamics but i know people that were like affected by the game oh yeah and that like i know people that come back i remember i was talking to somebody i'll just keep them nameless but somebody that was on windows at war that's not window that came back and was like, you know, I would be at work and I would hear people talking and I would be like, what, what y'all talking about? Mm-hmm. Who said mm-hmm. that? What, you know, like it's so hard to get. And especially when you make it far in the game and mm-hmm. it's just like, it's so hard for you to just turn it off. Yeah. And I, I just, it, and I feel that like, you know, it's a great game and it's so much fun to play, but it, it listen, and I even, even I just played in sequester last week and that also brought up some things for me that I was like, wow, like this is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> people just, people do like, uh, orgs or, you know, go play many survivor games and say, wow, that affected me. The show is, the, you know, obviously the next level. For sure. And but, uh, so what were you saying just a second ago? There's something I was going to follow up on. I was just saying that, like, I played a game of sequester and I yeah. was saying like that the pregame in it and just like it really kind of brought me back to like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> like, I'm just like it. I just it, oh, it, it yeah. just I, I remember what it was. The and and yeah, like. Like, I, I feel like after Survivor, probably something like Sequester would have a whole different effect on you than it would have if you had never done the show, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, what I was going to say is the uh, like the trust issues, I think, are hard to exaggerate. And the psychological component is, is much more than the physical component, I would say, which itself is obviously brutal. I mean, you can look at the before and after photo of me in Cambodia, but ah. the trust issues after Cambodia were absurd. Like, I came home and couldn't trust anyone about anything mm. um, for a while. It took months to recover. And even this past, uh, you know, what is it? It's five years later, practically. And this past fall, I was, you know, on a very long meditation retreat. And uh, still, still some of my neurotic stuff uh, related to that. It, it's, it's crazy. And I think that, like, the fact that people don't talk about it, and I feel like the fact that people, uh, like, us survivors, sometimes we, like, live in silence. And so, uh, again, here, here I am going back to Garrett. 
because I, I feel bad that like that tweet that he posted, I feel like was rang very true to a lot of different things. And I was happy to see him talk about stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, given my experience and everything that I've been through with him, yeah, yeah. it just had me looking at that post like something like boy bye. But like yeah, in, yeah. In, in this conversation, I, I feel like, you know what I'm just saying? Like there's just there's there's a lot of things that like I feel like survivors, like you said, are very very docile about yes. because every survivor and like there might be a handful of survivors that don't ever want to play again but for the majority 90% of people like they put up with this because it's like they want to do it again they're waiting they for that to, call. Like, you know what I mean yep. it's it's it, it uh I've been there you know and I've had like for a few years I really was uh into the ideas about going back and uh not waiting by the phone but uh like aware of how much uh hope could could uh rest on something that is so fickle. And as you said, you know, people who it's a business for them, 100%. So, you know, they might have fooled you with uh, being your friend during casting the first time. My casting producer was was awesome and didn't fool me. He told me very first thing, uh, look, like we're the worst. We will speak the world of you, be your best friend and then drop you. You just have to be ready for that. Um, but uh, yeah, I lost my train of thought. My casting person was great. Um, I felt like they were, they didn't give me that tea, but I felt like I knew what I was getting into. I just was not, you know, prepared for like, you know, just the afterwards or just like, you know, I just wasn't prepared for a lot of the, th- like, I wasn't necessarily prepared for like real life things to affect yeah. the survivor game. And, and, so, uh, like, and, and also for the survivor game to affect real life things. Cause uh, what mm. really gets me is, is how, how, you know, people, as I was saying, uh, who have been on the show will really have such hopes to go back on the show and it'll affect their emotional world. And then, uh, how it can, you know, I think you speaking of uh, survivors being sort of passive and docile, uh, the way out of that, I would say, is being united around mm. issues like uh, the show providing counseling. Um, but I feel like a big part of what stops us from being united is, you know, not only all the feuds that naturally happen over the course of Survivor and, and the fact that, you know, we form into cliques and some people don't like some people. Um, but uh, well, I guess mainly that, I guess, <laughs> I guess like the fact that, <laughs> that, that so many fights uh, come out of a season uh, makes contestants, uh, you know, happy so long as they feel secure in their story about, you know, how they got the best of this person or, or whatever it is, rather than like looking at the bigger picture. Right. I could not agree anymore. It's like, just it's like just when, I'm, when I'm at like an event and someone is trying to, you know, form a pregame alliance with me for some hypothetical season that, you know, God knows whether it would happen. Probably not. It's like, what are you doing? I, it, right. We're, uh, you know, we're, we have lives, right? Uh, we're not going to just play survivor in our lives. Right. But I mean, and, and, but that's the thing. Some people do. And like, that's their effect. And that's the effect that it has on them. Yeah. And that like, it, it it's just like, it, it's just crazy. And I guess my question to you would be like, after the, all of this, if uh ring 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 <laughs> ring ring hello survivor spencer would you like to be on the next season like do you think that you would ever play survivor again yeah i mean i take it uh year by year i take it you know when they call me so mm-hmm. in the past it was no mm-hmm. for for uh 40 it was yes before they turned it into all winners um but you know if they called right now it would be a no mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, it, it's all about so where I am in life and, uh, and, right. and, uh, you know, what role the show would, uh, would play in that. And it's, it's also like, I don't know how it would work going back because, you know, I would have to, you know, play the whole manipulative side of the game and, uh, and get into it. But I really don't want to like right. after Cambodia, you like I really, to. You, you don't have to, but I mean, on some level, the game necessitates lying. Cause I, I've thought about this. I've thought about, you know, could I actually just be honest? Um, and I really don't think it's possible because everyone's checking in with everyone. You would be in a position where someone asks you, you know, are you, who are you voting for? Um, so like there's levels of lying and manipulation that are inherent in the game. And right. I don't, it's not a hard decision for, for now, like for if, if they called for 41 or 42, because um, it's just not a good time in my life at all. Uh, I got, you right. know, other things I'm more excited to do. But um, even in the future, uh, I just don't know if I'm up for going back to that because like I feel as if what I've learned from meditation one thing I've learned from meditation is that uh, the mind proliferates and whatever you feed it meaning what you're thinking what you're doing uh, will carry on a momentum and Mm -hmm. living manipulation and lying for as long as I did in Cambodia had such a destructive momentum Mm -hmm. that I would never invite that back that's mm, that's that's yeah I don't even have words for that because yeah I I can only imagine because I can't say that I've experienced that, but I can only imagine. Uh, because like, yeah, and it's twenty four seven. It's right. and again, I, I feel like the fans don't understand. And again, for the you know the the twenty seven days that I was out there, um, it was nonstop. Mm-hmm. Like you know, and just everything that you did, the how you went to sleep, who you slept next to, who went off for a walk, <laughs> who you got rice for, who went like you know, like it's just little things that like you just don't even think about that like play such a huge role into perception into yeah. what people think, and yeah. then it's just like now you are defending a perception that's not even true, and it it just and just having the wherewithal to to think about what the perceptions are. And to be right. thinking about who's going for a walk. I mean, being in that analytical mind and questioning life like that uh, on a nonstop basis is horrible for your nervous system. You know, you need to relax. You need to feel at ease for part of the time to be a healthy human. I 100% agree. And <laughs> so I'm just so happy that I was able to have you to like talk about like these. And mind you, we just barely scratched the surface on a lot of these like major topics. But I do slightly want to segue into like well what's going on for you like what's what's and although we were in a pandemic mm-hmm. um and i don't necessarily think the pandemic is the worst for mm-hmm. people i think it's a, a lot of time for people to check in and a lot of time for people to have time that they would have never been having because they've been living the real life survivor which is like you know <laughs> keeping your bills afloat, yeah keeping yeah. your kids alive yeah. so like they are at ease uh so like what's up with you like what's the next thing going on with you like what's moving and shaking with you baby boy <laughs> well, uh, many things. Uh, and I agree that you can definitely look for those silver linings in a pandemic. You know, hopefully you're not in financial strain such that you're still in survival mode, but hopefully it can be a time to introspect and, uh, uh, you know, think about what's meaningful in life because uh, it's it's a tough question and a question whose answer changes a lot. It's changed a lot for me. And I'm guessing, you know, from how many people seem to have midlife crises in their 50s, um, it happens, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, 
so to be asking those questions about what's important in life earlier and having this time is an opportunity. So I wanted to make it an even better opportunity by, you know, offering the meditation, which we talked about. And other than that, I'm still working on mental health work, um, interviews. I've done, uh, I've got about 20 or so interviews that I did the year, you know, I was at your place and uh, that I have backlogged. So I'm going to start releasing those pretty soon, leading up to the release of a book that I'm working on about mental health, which I'm very excited about. I'm excited about it because I'm we talked about it and like, you know, I, I feel like I've been on the journey with you. So I am so excited for that book uh, <laughs> yeah. to come out. So yeah, I, I can't, I'm, I'm a bit excited. Okay. <laughs> It'll be a long wait. So it's not even really a plug, but yeah, that's what I'm up to trying to just get in good routines for that meditating every morning, eating really well, loving my girlfriend, Kaylee and uh, enjoying life. Yes. Well, it's always good to check in with you. It's always good. I, though we're re- recording a podcast, I still like have enjoyed this a thousand times more than I thought I would just because I just wow. feel like we're back in my house. And again, like you, before we started, I gave you a list of the things that I wanted to talk about. And we talked about two of them because we just <laughs> went on this natural random path. So like I felt like we were back in my house talking again. So like, again, I appreciate you so much, Spencer, uh, for one, being a, a true friend uh and being an ally um and mm-hmm. then just like you know and one to go through experiences and not just you know go through experiences but like you've had the unique experience to go through a lot of things in life and as instead of you know keeping it to yourself and just trying to like keep your head afloat you've been as open as a book and i think that that is more valuable than you will ever really know uh, because I, I think that it speaks to so many people. It speaks to me. It just speaks beyond a lot of different things. And so for you, I, I thank you for that. Um, and, and thank you for coming on my podcast. And you know me, I'm very protective of my Spencer and I always I know, be like, Spencer, you get, you can have other gay friends, okay? But just know, <laughs> bitch, I'm I'm the number one gay friend in your life, and I'll fight somebody about it because I don't play about my Spencer, okay? Well, you'll you'll be happy to know you are, and uh, <laughs> you. Uh, I don't have as that was so uh, nice. Everything you said, I, I don't know if I can match it, but I appreciate and love you for the same reasons, and I really value our friendship because I think that we really aren't anyone in a vacuum. You know, I don't really believe in personality in the conventional sense. Right. I don't view myself as the same Spencer with everybody. You know, I uh, it's it's always a different conversation, and I really like what you uh, bring up for me and allow me to talk about, um, and just to have someone who genuinely cares as much as you do is is invaluable. So we'll, we can end it on that uh, intimate, loving note. Yes. Okay. Come on. More intimacy. But thank you so much, Spencer. It's truly been a pleasure to have you on the Purple Pants Podcast. Nice. Keeping the menu rolling, we've got George Floyd on the podcast. And it is just something that's truly been weighing on my heart since the news broke on May 25th. And, you know, just everything that's been happening in our nation. And if you don't know, George Floyd was a 46-year-old African-American man that on May 25th was killed in Minneapolis by 
the police. Yes, another name added to this many list of people that we have that have been killed at the hands of police. Eric Gardner, Michael Brown, Laquan McDonald, Tamir Rice, Philip Wright, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmad Barry, and Trayvon Martin, even to that list. Like, you know, and that's just a snippet of the handful of African American and people of color that have been killed by police or have been killed and justice has not truly been served. So George Floyd's story is that on May 25th, he was headed to the Cups food store and was there to buy food for his family. And the clerk at the time called the police for a forgery in progress. Someone was using a counterfeit $20 bill, which I'd like to mention is a nonviolent crime. And we don't even know whether or not if it was George that was using the counterfeit $20 bill because this police force has not been truthful and forthcoming with a lot of information. So the information that we do know is that police arrived to the scene and George was not even in the store at the time. He was in a, a minivan outside the store. The police came, approached the minivan. George got out. And from the information that we know now was cooperating with the police, although the police have put out a story that, you know, the reason of his death and how he died was because he was not cooperating with the police. However, all of the information and video camera that we have seen, George was cooperating with the police. The police questioned George and there's one thing leads to another and we don't have a lot of the information, again, because this police department has been withholding a lot of the information. Some body cam footage has been released, but it's been heavily redacted and a lot of the scenes of conversation have been muted. The majority of the information that we as citizens of this nation are receiving is from video camera footage of people that were there at the scenes and other stores in the area that have released footage. We see at one time from the video footage that George is put into the police car and it looks like that he is being assaulted while he's in the police car. Another time George is on the side of a building and all of the thi- all of the things that we see, he is cooperating with the police. So this narrative that they are putting out saying that there's other evidence that shows that he wasn't cooperating. Where's the evidence? Because the information that we see, it looks like he was cooperating. But the video that went viral and actually the killing of George is when we see see George laying on the ground and three officers are putting their weight on his body and another officer kind of managing the small crowd that is there at that time not doing anything to help George. Now if any of you have seen the video where George is laying on the ground and Derek Chauvin has his knee on his neck which is painful to watch because at this point if you are saying that George is not cooperating with the police At what point on this video that we see that is at least eight minutes and 40 seconds long, 46 seconds long, that he is on the ground and being restrained with three officers on his body. Now, the issue of the video is that you have people that are standing on the side recording the video and they are actually saying to Derek Chauvin, he cannot breathe. Why are you on his neck? He's not fighting back. And the whole video upsets me. But the the part of the video that gets me most upset is that you actually hear hear George saying to the policeman don't kill me and I like I 
I just got to take a second. I'm sorry. Okay. Sorry. I'm back. It, it just, this, this topic is just so upsetting. And it's just like when you watch the video and you see the lack of the disregard of his life, it really upsets me because it's like when I look at somebody like George, I see my brothers, I see my uncles, I see people that look like me and the disregard for his life, it truly is disheartening and it hurts so much. And it's like if you've seen the video, you see George actually call out for his mother, his mother who is deceased Any of you guys that have children, you know, if your child is hurt, you know that if something is going on with your child, who's the first person they call is their mother. And so you just have to think what was going through this man's mind that he is calling out for his mother and that, you know, for eight minutes and 46 seconds, this man, this murderer, Derek had his foot on this man's neck and he's not fighting back he can't breathe and the look on his Derek's face that he's just casually has his foot on his neck as he essentially is executing this man and so for eight minutes and 46 seconds Derek had his foot on his neck and even in that eight minutes two minutes and 53 seconds of that video George was unresponsive so you've got your foot on your his neck with two other officers on him And he's unresponsive and another officer manning the crowd. And that could have easily said, guys, let go, like release. Derek Chauvin did not take his foot off of George's neck until the ambulance arrived. And he was at that point unresponsive and they put him into an ambulance. And so it appears from all of the evidence that we have seen from this district attorney and this police force that they really tried to cover this up. And it wasn't until the nation that this video went viral that we demanded justice and that we demanded things. The district and, you know, at that point in time, Derek had not been arrested, nor had he been charged. And the district attorney even went to have a press conference to say that, you know, there's other information that shows George being not cooperative with the police and essentially blaming it on him. But nevertheless, there was an arrest with Derek and he was charged with third degree murder and second degree murder. Now, we've seen this before in a lot of these cases with some of the names that I've listed before. Yeah, you get charged with murder and then they acquit these police officers. And so my question is, what about those other three police officers? Okay, why are they not charged? Why have they not been charged? Because they won the officer that wasn't even on his body. He was implicit in that because he stood and watched as they executed this man. The other two police officers that were on his body when he was unresponsive or when he was detained you guys had him detained on the ground and you still were there and did nothing and so i there the there is a big outcry from the public that says these people need to be charged and since all of this information has come out we the public learn of the mistreating of this case the them trying to hide information them not being forthcoming with information people are outraged and rightfully so so over the weekend protest for the life of george floyd took over a lot of the nation, all around the country, even here in Philadelphia. And a lot of the protests were peaceful and some of the protests turned into rioting and looting. And so here's a conversation that I just want to have and that, you know, I've seen it a lot on my timeline. I've been getting a lot of heat on Twitter that I'm, you know, I, I don't condone the rioting and the violence. But this is what I will say to that is when a person yells for help and no one comes, when they scream for help and no one comes, when they are pleading for help and no one comes. 
problems. Then what? You know, how, how, how do you get your voice heard? How do you understand this? So you just have to understand the rage that is in these people that are rioting and that are doing these things and looting stores. Now, I don't condone the looting stores. I don't condone the rioting, but I understand that we are hurt, that people like myself, people that look like my family members, people that look like my loved ones are being executed and it's okay. It's all right. And, you know, people are saying it doesn't equate to burning down a building. Well, guess what? Does a human person's life equate to a property? No, it doesn't. So if a building burns down, listen, they're insured, they're covered. Okay, but let's not lose sight at what is going on here, that they are executing African-American men at an extremely higher rate. And nobody's talking about it. And so this is where these protests, this is where these writings are coming from. These people are mad. They are upset. Okay, and I I understand. I feel that same rage and that same pain, but I'm blessed enough to have a platform that I can talk about it on, that I could reach people on. These people don't. This is all that they know. So you just have to understand where they are coming from. Do I condone that type of behavior? No, but I understand. Okay, and I'm not going to judge those people for doing that because they are trying to get their voices out. Okay, a lot of those things were protests okay a lot of those things were nonviolent, and a handful of these things kind of like turned the tide and of course that's what's making the headline that's what's overshadowing what's going over here but baby it's not confusing me okay i know what the purpose of it was and it's for george floyd okay and it's important for people to know that black lives matter okay and I'm tired of people with the Black Lives Matter that come back. Well, all lives matter. OK, we're not saying that. But right now, what we are saying is Black Lives Matter. And Vanessa Bryant, Kobe Bryant's wife, posted a photo of Kobe wearing uh, I Can't Breathe. And, you know, related to another police incident of killing an unarmed African-American man. And somebody came back to her and was like, I appreciate which all that you've been through. But... All lives matter. And Vanessa Bryant came back with the perfectest clap back. She said, I understand that you're saying all life matters. But what I'm saying that if if we say all houses matter, right? And one house on the block is burning down. Does that house not matter? And that's what we are saying when we say black lives matter. We're not saying that we're more important than anyone else. But what we are saying is that we are under attack. Okay, we are under attack and that these people are killing us and we need help. Okay, we like no one is doing anything about it. And so this weekend I had posted something to my Instagram that says, like, we no longer can be silent. Okay, to my purple pants posse, to my friends that are not people of color, you no longer can just sit in the sideline and not say anything. You got to be our ally. You've got to come to our support. We are in this together. We are all human beings. Okay, and I don't want to get too preachy because I know some of you guys don't. You may not agree with what I'm saying, but that's okay because it's important that you just hear me we don't always have to agree on things but it's important for us that are on different sides of the table to be able to come together and you know talk and to hear each other out because for so long we me as a black gay man in this country have not been heard I'm looked at as less than and if you guys don't believe it then you're turning a blind eye and I think that it's important it's just important for us to be seen and it's important to realize that black lives do matter and if I'm offending some of you guys you know I, I don't even know if I apologize because what I'm telling to you is that my life matters okay my purple pants posse y'all love me and if you love me then you realize that my life matters just like all of you guys life matters but you guys aren't being killed at 
an astronomical rate at the hands of people that are supposed to protect and to serve. And if you can't see that, if you are still saying, well, all lives matter, then you really need to take a good look at yourself. And you really need to kind of like understand the biases that you have and that it's not fair. And it's not right. And I cannot stand and not do anything. I cannot stand and not use my platform for what I believe is true to be right. And I understand I, I may, there's people that I may lose listeners. I may, but listen, I have to do what's right in my heart and what I believe that is correct. And this is something that I can't stand for because when I look at George, he looks like my dad. He looks like my brother. He looks like my uncle. And you know, that, I, that, that it's just something that I can't explain. And it, it's, so disheartening to me that I have to explain this to my friends that don't get it. But listen, I will use the time and I will use my platform to try to educate and to try to understand and try to use it for people to understand that, listen, we're not saying we better than anybody else. We're not saying our lives are more important, but we are saying that our lives matter and that they are taking us out. And so I just it was it it was weighing on my heart purple pants posse. So excuse me for going on. But you just have to understand it's just so upsetting. It just like it breaks my heart. And so I just wanted to let you guys know what was going on and my take on it. And I appreciate every one of you guys that like reposted that are speaking out about injustices because that's how we move the needle. That's how we can get something done in this country. Okay. All right. I'm going to end this topic because baby boy, I got to wet my whistle and I just got to take a, a, a couple of seconds before I move on to the next topic. Cause I just have to gather my thoughts because every time I talk about it, it upsets me. Like, and it's just like, it, it's just so crazy and it's mind boggling. But at the end of the day, I'm going to, I'm going to use what I feel like my purpose is here for. And my purpose is to deliver my message, just how I feel about the situation. And that's why I appreciate my purple pants posses because you guys, we know we get intimate here and I can share with you and we don't have to agree. We don't have to disagree, but don't have to be a yelling match. And I just, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to me. I appreciate it. Whew, Chile. Baby boy had to go refill the Tito's up, okay? Because I had to do a woo, a woo saw, okay? Just a woo saw. All right, let's keep the men you rolling in secure. So, on this week's episode, it kind of picks up where it left off last week. We saw Molly and Andrew were coming back from their Mexico trip. They ran into Lawrence, which is Issa's ex of five years, but they are no longer together. After Lawrence seen Molly and Andrew, he text somebody was like hey do you want to get together you know i've been thinking about you i want to meet up with you and we soon see that it was Issa. now yes i just have to say i did not condone what Issa did to lawrence in their relationship and i don't want to say what she did because if you haven't seen those old episodes you can go back and watch and i don't want to spoil it for you but what i will say is that in all of the two seasons that they have not been together baby boy has been rooting for them to get back together now what happened on this episode don't mean that they're getting back together but it's a step in the right direction and I don't know about you purple pants posse but when I watch shows that I can relate to that I can see myself in and that I really enjoy I really be putting myself I I treat these people sometimes like they're my real friends so if I get a little emotional or start talking crazy that's just because I feel like you know Issa is my friend okay I know I'm crazy so where was I at so Issa and Lawrence meet up for some cocktails and really just start talking about what's going on what's up with them but the place that they at kind of turns into a nightclub so they can't really talk and another thing that I like about this episode was last episode was really all about Molly and Andrew and we haven't really seen episodes like that in Insecure but I enjoyed it and this episode was truly all about 
Issa and Lawrence. So they met up at this one bar. It kind of sort of turned into a nightclub. So they was like, hey, do you want to maybe go somewhere else? And Lawrence is like, I remember when we were together, you used to want to go to this Italian place. Like, let's check it out. And Issa's like, okay. So, and again, back in Issa's relationship with Lawrence, Issa was the breadwinner. Lawrence didn't have a job and he was unemployed. So it's so interesting to see the role reversal in the sense of Lawrence really has his ish together. So they are like, well, let's get grab a lift, okay? And Lawrence, he don't just get the regular lift. He get like the, the uber black lift like okay spend them coins baby boy so they're on their way they get to the restaurant and Lawrence gets there he's like oh I don't know what to get and Issa's like I know what I want and he's like have you been here before bitch and she like sorry but what's really good about this episode was that they were able to like connect and I don't know Purple Pants Posse if you ever can relate if you've ever had like an ex that you guys broke up and you never really got the answers that you wanted to know why to like the random questions of the relationship and so this with this episode was all about. Lawrence really got to ask Issa some questions and, you know, Issa got to reveal to Lawrence a lot of the things that she felt in the relationship that, you know, during that time, she was not able to convey to him. And even if she conveyed it to him, he probably would have not have heard it because of where they were at in that relationship. And it was a bit awkward because some of the things that Issa was saying, it looked like Lawrence was taking it to heart, but they were all in all receiving things well. At one point in time, Big Bay, here come the shade. Now, Issa's like, let me run to the bathroom. So, when Issa runs to the bathroom, Lawrence checks his phone. Now, when he checked his phone, it's Condola. Now, y'all remember who Condola is. Condola was helping Issa with the block party. She met Condola through her friend Tiffany at her baby shower, which is coincidentally when Lawrence met her as well, too. And then, you know, Condola started dating Lawrence, and it was awkward because Issa was working with Condola for the block party, but since then, at the block party, Condola told Issa that her and Lawrence are no longer together. Now, while Issa at the bathroom, Lawrence pulled up his phone, and it's Condola is saying like, hey, I know we said we were going to meet up tomorrow, but do you want to meet up tonight? Now, hold up a minute, Lawrence. What you doing? Because if you're trying to play Issa, I'm going to come for you, Lawrence. I'm going to come for you. So Issa comes back from the bathroom and but we see Lawrence text Condola like, hey, I'm out. We might need to just, you know, continue to do tomorrow. So they go out. They meet up. They incoincidentally meet up with like one of Issa's guys that she was just hooking up with, who was just an absolute mess, but uh, super hilarious. And Lawrence kind of sort of picked up on it and was making fun of Issa and kind of like egging him on so after that you know they don't want the night to end okay so they go to this art gallery that's in LA like the walking art gallery that you can go and buy art and so they continue 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 having a really good time and really hanging out with each other after the art gallery Issa's like hey I'll get a uber you home and then you know I'll go home as well too then Issa finds out that Lawrence lives in the same neighborhood as her they get to Lawrence's house and Issa's like all right I'll see you later and Lawrence is like you should come in and see my house like how grown up it is because all throughout the night they were making jokes that Issa was like you probably just have an air mattress and all of this stuff so Lawrence tells the Lyft driver she'll be out in five minutes they go in the house Issa sees the house Issa's like can I run to the bathroom real quick Issa goes to the bathroom now when Issa goes to the bathroom Lawrence takes his phone and goes outside and calls Condola now mind you up until this point I ain't really have an issue with Condola because I'm like okay she dating Lawrence Lisa cool Issa's cool with it but at this point Condola needs to back off okay for she get popped too okay her and Lawrence about to get popped pop 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 anyway sorry 
so Lawrence calls Condola. He's like, hey, Condola's like, hey, I was thinking maybe you could come over. And Lawrence is like, I was in the middle of something, but maybe, yeah, I'll see if I can make it over tonight. Lawrence goes back inside and whoop, guess who at the door? Issa. She heard everything. Now, Issa can't be too mad because Lawrence is not her boyfriend. She did break his heart, but still, like, come on, you gonna do me like that, Lawrence? Come on, Lawrence, you about to get pop, 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 popped. So, Issa's like, it's fine. And Issa walks out the door, but before she walks out the door, she turns around and she's like, what if I wanted to stay? Okay, and I would do the same thing because listen, Condola, you ain't gonna get my Lawrence. Listen, I throw the wop, pop, pop, top right back on Lawrence before Condola would get it. All right, sorry, sorry, sorry. See, I told y'all, in my mind, I be thinking Issa me and Lawrence is about to be my man, but you know, I'm crazy like that. So, Lawrence is like, are you sure you want to do that? I don't really want to kind of convolute things with us. And Issa's like, well, you know, you make me feel good. And Lawrence is like, you make me feel good. And who? Chile, one thing next to another, baby. Who? Baby, <laughs> Ooh, okay, because that's about the sounds that was making up in that apartment. Lawrence put his thing down, and I may and may not have attended. I was Issa in that moment, okay? I ain't going to confirm that or deny it. Next morning, they wake up. All seems to be good. Issa gets dressed and kind of, you know, takes her walk of shame. Now, let me just ask you a question, Purple Pants Bossy. How many times in your life have you had to make that walk of shame, okay? Now, baby boy might have had to do it a couple of times, a two or three or four or five or six or seven or eight or nine or ten. <laughs> 10987654321. Back to Issa and not me. So Issa takes her walk home, but as she's walking home, she really appears to be in a euphoric moment. Cause Big Bang, after Lawrence did his thing to that kitty who hot the car put the heat. Listen, I'd be listen, I'd be strolling home too. Skip to my loo. Boo, 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 skip to my Bryce. Get it together. Go back to Issa. Alright, back to Issa. But listen, bitch, I was ready to skip to my loo. Ooh, 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 skip to my loo. Ooh, 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 ooh. Come on. Oh, come on. Oh, 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 oh. All right, back to Issa. Hey, Bryce, it's Angela. That's how I feel about Tony, too. Angela, if you don't get off my podcast, girl, this ain't love after lockup, girl. We got to wait for y'all. This is Issa Rag insecure. Bye, Angela. I'm sorry, Bryce, but yeah, I like to skip to my loo with Tony, too. Wait, but I got to go smoke this cigarette. See, Purple Pants Posse, you start talking about a show, okay? Then the other show want to come in, girl. If Angela don't get miss me with that anyway, back to Issa. He seemed really excited walking home and that's how the episode ends and so I don't know what's going to happen but I don't know whether or not I don't feel like they would have Issa and Lawrence get back together because I feel like that's too predictable but I don't know. I really, 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 really want it. So again, Sunday nights at 10pm on HBO. Get into Insecure. It's on demand. If you have not got into the season and you're like, what the hell is Bryce talking about? You can go back and watch all four seasons. Is they available? Okay, and they're only 30 minutes so it won't take that long. Hey boo, it's Gangster Gurry here with this week's Purple Pants Premonitions. It's so good to be back and I'm so grateful to be here. I hope that you and each of your loved ones are taking some time to be safe and also taking the time to take a stand in whatever way that seems important for you. As we know, this is a very tumultuous time and it is important that each of us be able to respect one another, respect the situations we're finding ourselves in the midst of and really start to rise up and take a chance on the things that are out there in front of us in this time. So I want to go ahead and give you guys the forecast that is going to be coming up for the first half of June. Um, so I'm using two specific decks. These are advice decks, um, the shamanic medicine deck, as well as the sacred symbols oracle deck. And the first card that comes out is in the representation of vision quest. So what are you seeking right now? I know that there have been a huge uh, amounts of change. We are looking at global change. We are looking at 
something that has been unprecedented. Of course, we have the history books to look at things and how they have uh, really just like transpired how the history of black people and how people of color in general have been marginalized for years to come and how we've also seen in our own lives what are some of the things that we are looking to create? What are some of the things that we are wanting to make space for as far as our joy? What are some of the things that come up in our meditations when we're waking up in the morning and we have like those deep thoughts, those things that keep us up late at night? What are some of those uh, ideas? What are some of those beliefs? What are some of those visions that you are having right now as far as the changes that you need to make, which comes up in the seat card? So this is representative of someone who is looking out on the horizon, looking out into the sunset and seeing whatever the end of the day has brought to them. Of course, as we take time to sit and reflect, we have space to think about where we should be moving forward. And a lot of times people take these opportunities to think about, okay, like I have a vision. I have desires to make this happen. And sometimes we jump. We take a leap a little bit faster than what we anticipate before really thinking about all of the different components and thinking about the effect that everything has. So how are you taking this ownership and taking this time right now to sit and seek out what it is that you need to help you feel growth? Additional advice comes in the form of nature spirit, safe travel, and healer. So we know that this is a time globally where the world is purging, right? We've seen um, people physically, people spiritually, like there's a lot of things that are being clint up as far as the universe is concerned. And this is a time right now where you are having to remind yourself you are part of the universe. You are not separate from any other person or any other situation. How are you taking a moment to connect with everybody and everything around you? Reminding yourself that, you know, if you're littering, making sure that you're not littering, making sure you're helping other people to feel safe if they are, you know, out in, in dangerous areas. Like this is all about reminding yourself how you are connected to the universe and you are one. Um, and knowing that this is a time to really step into your healer position, really being able to take an eye and look at things with a fine tooth comb for whatever that means for you. All of us have different lived experiences. All of us have these different components to our lifestyles and the ways that we live that make us behave, that make us perceive things a certain kind of way. So the universe is calling to you right now to figure out how do you take your space in nature? How do you take up space in your truth? What are some of the lies that you feel like you've been living for quite some time that you have to answer right now? What are some of the things that you could allow yourself to you know, travel actually or maybe physically to make a change or have uh, inspiration? How are you being an inspiration for yourself? And how are you being an inspiration for people around you? This is a time where you're having to ask yourself, what is your purpose? What is your place? You've had the last couple of months to really ask yourself those questions and look at the people, look at the things that are in your life and take ownership of what fits and what does not anymore. With nature spirits going outside, of course, is suggested, you know, we got to get our vitamin D out here. Um, but at the same time, making sure that you are not just thinking about how you are putting into the universe, how you're putting into the earth, thinking about what you're receiving from it, the wisdom that can come from you taking your walks. Like when you have your morning, you know, stroll, I know I like to get up with my little coffee, you know, maybe puff around the neighborhood real cute for a couple hours, listen to my music. What are some of the things that come up in these uh, moments of peace? And how are you feeling motivated when you are having these moments to take a step back and reflect? We forget a lot of the times that, you know, when we give ourselves opportunities to breathe, give ourselves opportunities to process instead of feeling like we have to do things all the time. 
um, and we feel super action oriented. Like we don't always think about the best action that could be taken and allowing yourself to have time to slow down. This is a huge message that has been coming up for a lot of like um, people that follow astrology. A lot of healers I've heard um, have said that this has been a really huge time ever since about March for us to slow down with the things that we're doing and be very intentional. So how are you being supported in that with the universe? What are some of those coincidences that you've had recently that have let you see, wait, I'm actually being looked out for. Maybe it was something that happened with your unemployment child. Maybe it was something that happened with your little stimulus check. You didn't think you was going to get one. Then boom, here it is. Maybe it's something like somebody was able to bless you with something that helps you to further some of your vision, some of your desires. And it was something that you were expecting from, you were not expecting. It came out of left field and it came to really just drop that blessing off in your life. How can you look at some of the things that have blessed you over the last couple of months? Some of the things that you've also been able to release some of those questions that you may have had in your spirit some of those questions you may have had on your mind that you know that you're in the space of letting go of and knowing that this is helping you to come to another space of healing another space of understanding who you are on a larger scale what is your purpose we all have a purpose we all have a desire we all have a space that we are supposed to be inhibiting and a lot of us have forgotten that because we get so caught up in the day-to-day life and the issues of other people and the issues of things that are actually just so minuscule how are you really focusing on what is going to be for your highest good and for the highest good of everybody else around you and knowing that that is what facilitates change knowing that allowing yourself to commune with other people that have some of the same mentality some of the things that you see in yourself that you would like to manifest a little bit more of um, how can you find people that are doing some of the things that you already want to do and how can you allow yourself to learn from them or figure out what more can you bring your little special like fling? Um, I wish I had like a little wand or something like that to go right there uh, but allowing your little there we go your little special sauce to be on you know and allowing that energy to kind of come through so with the vision quest card because you know it comes with a little rat vision quest card says become the quester of your vision where and how is your decision meet your guide with their protection heal your wounds and change direction there are some conversations that have to be had there are some things that have to be fixed still. We all have things that we're working on. We all have a variety of different things. This is something I've been thinking a lot about recently, and I don't know if any of you guys out there have been as well, but the idea of how we all have shit going on. Everybody got something going on. Everybody got a strife. Everybody got a struggle, whether they choose to acknowledge it or not. But the more that we are allowing ourselves to assist and guide each other on this journey and be present for each other's healing instead of trying to ignore certain things that we know, you know, maybe those uncomfortable things that you got to bring up in your own life or in the lives of people around you so that way we can heal as a collective being focused on where are you directing your energy where you have your focus at and how can you allow some of your visions to manifest even more so the divinatory meaning become your authentic self get to know the truth of who you really are and what you are capable of don't measure yourself by the deeds and words of others your voice must be heard do not follow the crowd you are entitled to your own preferences and opinions speak up Listen, this is not a more perfect card to pull on today in light of everything that is happening. This is a time for you to speak up, but be thoughtful in the way that you bring information to others and be thoughtful of, you know, other people's experiences. Everybody's lived experience is really important, but do you want to err? How do you want to err on the side of justice or do you want to err more on the side of fear for what change could actually bring? Change is something that is going to be inevitable. So go ahead and lean into it for the way that feels best for you. Your voice must be heard and you get to decide in what way you allow that voice to be heard. This is not saying, you know, you have to 
um, screaming from the mountaintops. You got to send in a text message. Like, you know what I mean? Like, whatever it is that means for you to facilitate change, whether on a small scale, whether it's, you know, with you in a relationship or you in a, a person that may think that they know you on a deep level, uh, but they need to get to know you a little bit more. Um, or maybe it's something on a larger scale, you know, maybe it's protesting. If that's something that you feel comfortable doing and want to put yourself um, in a position to do that, whatever you feel like you need to do to accomplish your greatest good and your highest good is being uh, suggested right now. It also says you are entitled to your own preferences and opinions. And I also want to say here that speaking up and making your voice heard is always going to be very important, but also giving yourself time and space to study and really dive deep into those questions of the soul. It says the time of abandoning, ignoring, diminishing and misunderstanding the power of the old ways and wisdoms is coming to an end for you on the physical plane. You feel a need to carry on in your set ways as a matter of survival, but this will soon create an emptiness, a state of emptiness, weakness and fear. A rite of passage like a vision quest allows the body to respond to challenge and gives you the strength and vitality to deal with the changes on a transpersonal level. You are seeking soul knowledge. You want to know who, what, and why you are as well as the possibilities that lie before you. This knowledge, enriched by your wisdom of the collective unconscious, is the basis of your recognition of your physical or spiritual place on Grandmother Earth. So this is a time for us to really be thinking about, you know, this is a rite of passage. Allow your body to respond. So it's all about like listening to what your physical body needs, like your soul needs answers and your soul needs some sort of clarity and whatever it is that's going on in your life right now. And this is a time for you to get that knowledge. You know what I'm saying? You want to know all the possibilities that are lying before you. So really sit process, give yourself the opportunity and space to do that. It says a vision quest is taking the first steps towards knowing your true place in nature. Quest what you seek and you will return with healing and direction for yourself your loved ones, and for all of us. So this is a time for you to revitalize your spirit. It says the participant normally, um, usually alone in nature, engages in fasting and prayer to enter a trance state. They may encounter spirit guides, ancestors, or healing visions. Being alone in nature for days at a time is a powerful right, but it is important to understand the process and know your responsibilities. So this is a time where, you know, I feel like this is also a really big time of the year normally. Um, where there's like a lot of retreats and stuff like that happening. A lot of people will be traveling in order to like find things deeper within themselves. How are you allowing yourself to go deeper with whatever situation may be arising for you and knowing that, you know, nature does have the answers. It's just about you sitting and waiting for them to come instead of trying to rush. And we feel sometimes so programmed to like having to do things or having to just like pop off before we actually allow ourselves to really think about where we are and how we feel. Um, and just knowing that, you know, really allowing that process to happen and really allowing yourself to gain whatever information that is. Give yourself that space. Nature Spirits comes up to let you know it's time to get outside. Get into nature, recharge your battery with the trees, the grass, the mountains, the desert, and the sea. There's a magic that awaits for you. So this is a time for you to just know that getting connected to your physical body, being connected to you and whatever it is that's coming up and like having those conversations with yourself and the people around you, whatever it means, is going to be a major key. Meditation is very much important for you this week. If you have not given yourself time to meditate or have been feeling a little overwhelmed by that meditative state or just like really taking a time to take a step back, this is the time where it's being called. 
I don't know what that means. It's just like maybe cutting off, you know, the things that trigger you. What are some of the things that have been kind of like riling up your spirit that you need to excavate from your space? And how do you give yourself time to know that you do deserve an opportunity to process? Um, You don't have to overwhelm yourself all the time or feel like you have to do too much. Like explain these feelings, explain what's coming up. That's one of the most important things that we can do in this moment is just be transparent. And what does transparency look like for you in any of your situations that are coming up? And last but not least, as far as like you being a healer, being a healer is just allowing yourself to be a home to someone else. How can you be a home to yourself and how can you be home to someone else that may need a home? How are you allowing yourself to see change being facilitated, you know, internally, externally, maybe in your environment? Maybe that's something that you need to stop taking in. I don't know why, but the idea of just like eating healthier comes up or just making sure that you are getting outside. And, you know, since it is getting a little bit warmer, I know here in New York City, it's been a little ugly as far as the weather back and forth. But this is time for you to just like know that the universe has things to give to you. Um, in the physical space and in the spiritual space, whether that is through sleep, whether that is through meditation, whether that is through whatever it feels like for you, this is a time for you to just like go within and really figure out the answers that make you, you, this is a time of accessibility. So we all have accessibility to things that, you know, help us to create realities for ourselves. Be very thoughtful of the things that you are putting into your space right now and knowing that there's a certain level of wisdom and a certain level of understanding that you have to create for you. In order to move forward. So what do you want that to be? And how do you want to live life out right now? With the Dreamweaver card, this talks about you going to bed with a clear conscience. So what are some of the things that you need to make sure that you're releasing before bed? Trusting the visions that you receive in dreams. Keeping a dream journal is something that is suggested for you. It says a dream may hold an important message from a deceased loved one. So explore lucid dreaming. I know that there are things on YouTube, like some of you guys may have been really feeling the dream state, especially ever since that Gemini new moon that we had this past week. Um, This is a time for you to really start getting into some of the themes. Where are you being directed? And those are where the answers are coming from. If you've been, you know, having some question about what it is you should be doing, um, where it is that you should be kind of like taking your focus right now. The dream state always has answers if you allow yourself to call that energy in, saying, like, before you go to bed, I want to remember my dreams. And keep doing it until you remember, setting intentions and knowing that you also have dreams that you still want to manifest. You still want to create in your life. You still want to be something, someone. If you want to be somebody, you want to go somewhere, you better wake up and pay attention, child. Okay. And the universe honking outside. This is time for you to know that, you know, Your dreaming mind is allowing you to create an expansive, creative canvas for the consciousness of the universe. In dreams, the past, present, and future are one, and time is limitless. So this is all about you accessing the wisdom of those who have gone before you, including your own soul's previous experiences. This is a time where you are being asked to pay attention to everything. Be conscious of what you are doing. Be conscious of what you are creating. And also knowing that you can create a space for safety within yourself and around you and for the communities that you know that are going to be really important for this. But you have to have that desire first and foremost. It's time to be brave. Do what you got to do and show up for people the way that you want to be shown up for. That is the first half of June because, child, let's be real about it. Like there's so much stuff going on. We just need to be aware, be prepared And also make sure that you are reaching out to the people around you and your communities and like your loved ones, your friends, your people and stuff like that to make sure that you guys are staying in contact and staying safe and knowing that you guys, it can start with one. It can really begin with one. So if there's anything that comes up in your spirit that needs to be talked about, don't be scared this week. Make a move. All right. 
That's your boy Gangster Gurry signing off with your Purple Prince premonitions. I want to thank all you guys for listening today. If you want to find me, you can find me Instagram is Gangster Gurry, Gurry, G-U-R-R-Y and Gangster with A because we don't do that E-R busted shit over here. And you can find me on Twitter sometimes tweeting my life away or my Patreon, patreon.com backslash Gangster Gurry. Thank you so much to the Purple Pants master himself, Mr. Bryce, going back to you. And thank you so much, Gangster Gurry, for this week's Purple Pants premonitions. Let me know what you thought about this week's Purple Pants premonitions. Tweet me, DM me, let me know what you think. All right. Now let's keep it rolling. It's a purple pants pick. It's a purple pants pick. If you hurry up and break, it's a purple pants pick. And we are on to one of my favorite segments of the podcast, Purple Pants Picks. You pick, I say, every Saturday I will post to my Instagram, Bryce Isaiah, and I will say, drop some topics for your Purple Pants Picks, and you guys can just write whatever you want to hear your baby boy say. Doesn't matter what it is, you know we get intimate on the podcast, so pop culture, music, personal relationships, anything, you write a topic, TV shows, news, and your baby boy gotcha. So let's get into the first Purple Pants Picks. All right. The first Purple Pants Pick comes from at Stuart Diane 22. What is the origin between you and Jack? How did you meet Love Your Purple Pants podcast? Yes. Great Purple Pants Pick. So my baby boy, Jack Atkins, I met when I went to South Africa to support the Lady Christian Academy uh, last October and Jack participated in it and we hit it off. That's my baby boy. We worked together in the game and you ever since then we've always kept in contact and I know that Jack has a love for Survivor and Jack is probably one of the smartest people that I know period so we started doing Survivor News and then more and more he started helping out with the podcast and we just became friends so Jack is like my little brother uh he's Timmy's best friend and that's my baby boy. All right. The next question is from Marlene underscore. She wants to know, how are you taking care of your mental health during this crisis of police brutality and racism? Another great Purple Pants picks. And earlier in the podcast, I said that on Sunday, I had took time to just hang out with my friends and decompress. We did like a little picnic uh, on Kelly Drive. And so just being able to have a group of friends and people that you can talk to openly and candidly where you don't feel like you're being judged and you feel like you are being heard is really something that is major for me so that's kind of sort of how I've been dealing with my mental health during this time and speaking out about injustices and really kind of like using my platform and you recording the Purple Pants podcast has really been a release for me as well too because it's a way that I can tell how I feel and I know that people can hear it so that's really how I've been coping with it I also kind of sort of took a break from running a little bit I don't know why but I really am trying to get back to running so even after I record this podcast I just want to go for a run and help clear my mind and that's really how I've been dealing with it Marlene the next question is from at Jonathan Rose 10 he wants to know if you have any pride month plans Hey, baby boy, Jonathan. Uh, I don't really have any Pride Month plans. And I had actually talked about this other podcast, but I generally don't do anything major for Pride Month, especially in my city, because a lot of the times, even in the gay community, it's like somewhat segregated where there is like the common gays, which is mostly like for like the the, the white gay men. And they kind of generally leave us out a lot of the time, like the us gay men of color. Here in Philly a couple of years ago, there, there aren't a lot of gay scenes in Philly. We have like a main strip and there are maybe like four or five clubs. And one of those major clubs, maybe like three or four years ago, it was like uncovered about their like, you know, racial preference and bias to like their patrons in the club. And it had came out on video that one of the club owners said flat out that he did not like 
African-American gay men in his club and that just like and he was using racial slurs and so it really kind of put a bad taste in my mouth especially in the Philly gay scene so since then I have not really gone to any of those establishments and I was explaining to you earlier that in the beginning of the month or not this month but in May around uh, the middle of that month we have a black gay pride and a lot of major cities in United States have black gay pride and those are generally the prides that I participate in because it speaks directly to my community and like the sub the subculture of the gay community so that's something that really kind of speaks to me we do a lot of activism and there's parties as well too but that's not to say that I'm not here for pride month because I think it is very important because you know there's a lot of things to celebrate as me as an openly black gay man so I don't really have any plans for pride month this month baby boy just with everything going on with the pandemic I ain't trying to go to no clubs or no large gatherings because I'm trying to stay corona free I want my family to stay corona free but you know I am trying to plan some fun things to do for the podcast so that we can talk about the lgbtq community and like our role and where we fit in but that's a great question the next purple pants pick is from paulo's travels do you watch drag race if so what are your thoughts so i haven't been up on drag race in a while i think the last one that i saw was like the all-star one when they brought jasmine matters back so i am a little late on the drag race but i do occasionally watch it but it's a new show out called legendary on hbo max now i didn't know what the hell hbo max was i thought i had hbo so i thought i had it but I realized it's one of their hybrid uh, things that they have and so baby more money more time that baby boy does not have but I saw the show and it was basically about the ballroom scene and they have balls and they're essentially competition so if any of you guys have watched Pose it's that but the modern day and they've made it into a reality show just like Top Model which it looks so good and I'm mad I wanted to watch it so I had took to the Twitters the other day and I said did anybody seen Legendary if so how and where are you watching and I just want to give a huge shout out to Nicole Lynn aka Deep Tiger Girl on the Twitter a member of the Purple Pants Posse yes she slid in my DMs and was like baby boy I got HBO Max and here's my login information and password enjoy I was like oh wait a minute wait Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So, yes, uh, shout out to you, Nicole. That really trusts my heart. I so appreciate you because that's not what I was tweeting about. I was just trying to figure out where it was at and if I needed to pay for it. But look at God sending Nicole my way in them DMs and having me, giving me access to be able to watch it. And it's so good. And I'm thinking about talking about it on the Purple Pants podcast. So, Posse, let me know if y'all are watching Legendary on HBO Max. All right. The next one is from at Breezy Girl. She wants to know, are you team Molly or team Issa? Yes, Breezy Girl for the insecure purple pants picks. So I would have to say normally in the grand scheme of the show, I am always like team Molly just because I feel like I relate to Molly a lot. And the things that she goes through, especially like with her relationships. But given the climate of this season and it seems to be Issa against Molly, baby boy is going to have to go team Issa all the way. The last purple pants pick is from John John Rules. A peaceful protest turns into riots and vandalism. How does this happen and how do you stop it? Whew, John John, that is a loaded question. Um, I think that it happens by people not hearing what is going on and that, you know, the things that continue to happen in this country with people of color getting killed by police and they not getting convicted with 
us speaking out about it and nothing seems to happen. When people say black lives matter and people say all lives matter, like it's just a combination. And you've got 45 in office fanning the flame. I think that people get so frustrated with not being heard that, you know, they act out and they do things that are out of characteristics for them. And I think that, you know, when you have so much rage and so much tension in our country right now, this is kind of what happens. Again, not condoning what's happening as far as like the looting and the rioting, but understanding where it's coming from and understanding what's happening i think that how we stop it is one being allies to each other seeing us as individuals as human beings as you know one as being the same and i think that really kind of like crossing the table and and having these hard conversations and having to look at you know yourself in the mirror and really addressing your biases and really standing up and saying it's not okay i thought i saw in flint township in michigan where there are protests going on one of the police officers I think it might have been the sheriff that was out there with the protesters and he told the protesters listen I'm not against you guys being out here I'm actually for you I don't condemn what those officers did over there in Minneapolis and I am here for you and I want to march with you and he had his police officers put their batons down and they marched with the protesters I think that that's how we stop something like that I think that is the right way and we're on to something there and that's going to conclude this week's purple pants picks thanks so much guys and again each Saturday I post on my Instagram drop your topics for purple pants picks and that's how you can get your topic in Alright everyone, welcome back to another edition of Advice with Bryce. We once again have another great submission, so let's get right into it. Dear Bryce, first, I just wanted to write and say that I am so thankful for the Purple Pants Podcast. I have listened to every episode and your words of encouragement to your listeners each week are so positive and uplifting. It is especially credible coming from you because you are honest and forthcoming with your struggles, so when you cheer us on, I can tell it is from a real and sincere place. So here's the Advice with Bryce question. About a month and a half ago, before all the stay-at-home orders, I was called in for jury duty. I ended up getting put on a jury for a murder trial. The murder took place in 2018, where one woman ended up stabbing another woman in a parking lot bank in the middle of the day. Since there was fighting prior to the stabbing, someone in the bank filmed the entire incident. As a result, there was a video in the trial that was shown over and over. There was also body cam footage from the police officer's uniform that showed the victim's death occur. The victim had a large group of family and friends at the trial to support her every day. She was a mother of four young children. My question is, how do I go on with regular life after a traumatic experience like this? Staying at home has been difficult since the images and thoughts from the trial just keep playing over and over in my mind. I feel horrible for the victim's family and all the people involved in what occurred that day at the bank. I am also a mom of two kids and I will find myself thinking about the children of the woman many times throughout the day. I feel guilty for wanting to get the whole thing out of my mind and move on when those people must be having a much harder time with it all than me. What should I do? Thank you so much, Shelly from Illinois. And to the listeners out there, if you feel like you need advice with Bryce, please reach out and send an email to purplepantspodcast at gmail.com. You guys are really bringing it with the Purple Pants picks and advice with Bryce this week. So first, thanks, Shelly, for listening. And wow, that's a lot to 
kind of get through. I think that it is important, Shelly, that you acknowledge that you had to almost be traumatized by watching that traumatic video over and over and over again. So I think that that's like the first step is you giving yourself permission to not be okay, to be affected by it. I think a lot of the times when traumatic things happen to us that one, we don't realize that something traumatic has happened. And two, we oftentimes feel guilty about having feelings about it. So I say it's okay to feel indifferent, to have some feelings about it. And I think that you should sit in those feelings. I think in those times when we feel most uncomfortable and we feel un at ease if we sit in our own feelings good or bad we get something out of it so I think that that is important for you also I think it's important for you to have an outlet you know to talk to someone you know and I'm grateful and one of your outlets could be reaching out to me or your partner or a friend or somebody that like you feel safe with telling your side of the story and and you need somebody that's going to listen and not judge you you just sometimes we got to get it out we have to literally release it from us because when we hold on to these thoughts and these feelings they run right rampant in us and sometimes it's not for the good and so it'll eat you alive and like you'll start dreaming about it and thinking about it and just be like oh my god I also think it's important for you after experiencing something like this is come up with a plan of action and what I mean by a plan of action is since this has affected you how can you then affect something else in your life and so it doesn't even have to be related to like what the video or the trial was but how can you now affect something different in your world something that you have control over whether it's you reaching out to a neighbor, whether it's instilling in your children, do you more loving morals, not to saying that you're not, but, you know, having conversations with your children, reaching out to a friend, random acts of kindness, a plan of action for you. Because oftentimes I find that if I'm affected by something and like I have no control over it and I am in my mind and in my feelings, I want to like, you know, and it's something that I can't change. I then want to change something. I want that chain effect to have something positive on me, whether it's volunteering at the homeless shelter, whether it's going through my closet, getting rid of clothes that I don't need and donating them to a shelter, just something that can put positivity back into the universe. And I feel like with us doing that, we're changing that negativity and we're using it to push forward positivity and affecting someone else in a positive way. And I feel like when you can do that, that is when you get a sense of relief that you did not let something negative that happened to you or that you witnessed or had to be a part of continue being negative in your own way. You are changing it to something positive because I believe in energy and I believe that like you know sometimes negative energy is always wet with other negative energy and then it continues on however I try to be the chain breaker something like that and I try to meet negative with positive now although I don't always because listen I'm on a road to a better bright Shelly so it's hard for me sometimes but I actively try to take steps and so I think that if you Shelly can do any of these things that I have recommended for you or even seek counseling and, and talk and, and talk to a professional about it and really break it down I really feel like you can can have a better sense of what has happened to you, what you're going through, and how to come up out of it. Because I can already tell that you're an amazing person because you uh, you in the Purple Pants Posse. But it is something that we need to do for ourselves and, and take the time out for ourselves and really address these things. And it's so easy for us to want to help other people and want to address other things to other people. But when it comes to ourselves, we be real lazy about it. And so I think that we got to put the work in ourselves. Okay, Shelly. So I hope that advice with Bryce helps a little Shelly. I know it's a hard time, but listen, I know that you can get through it. And if any of my listeners, you guys need some advice with Bryce or you know somebody that needs some advice with Bryce, just hit up me at purplepantspodcast at gmail.com. And you know your baby boy got you. The following message is brought to you by... Give me a beat. Beat. 
Give me an A. A. Give me an R. R. Give me a B. 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 Let me hear it. B. A. R. B. Bar. 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 B. A. R. B. Bar. 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 Hi, this is Miss Barb, and I'd like to share a few words with you today. You know, people wonder why I give so many compliments out to strangers. I'm not being fake, and I'm not looking for people to like me. But if I pass someone and I like something, I say it. Love those shoes, or great hair, or wow, your eyes are beautiful. Why? Because life is hard, and this world can be a nasty place, and people are mean. You never know how much those few words mean to someone. You never know what hell they may be going through. And when you put positivity out there into the universe, you yourself become a happier person. It's hard to be nice and be miserable yourself. It'll reflect from the outside in. I'm telling you, random compliment giving will change your life and maybe someone else's too. Love you. Thanks, Mom, for another great installment of Barb's message. If you guys enjoyed this message or you got something out of it, you know what to do. Tweet me, DM me, let me know because you know Miss Barb lives to hear for that type of stuff. That's kind of like her positive reinforcement, hearing things like that. And trust me, at a time like this, we all could use a little Bob's message. Who's the freak? Who's the freak? Who's the freak of the week? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that freaky, freaky, freak? Who's the freak of the week? Might be me, might be you, might be. Yes, the freak of the week, baby. One of my favorite, favorite, favorite parts of this podcast. But also kind of makes me sad because if we had the freak of the week, then that means we had the end of the podcast but anyway listen back to the freak of the week everything going on i tried to stay off the instagram and the twitters so you know when i did occasionally check the twitters and the instagram i was on my instagram and i seen baby boy nick licious post something to his instagram at nick wilson 11 saying business trip complete my trip to florida wasn't just all fun picked up this new toy at a deal that can only be described as the divorce special ready to go riding and baby boy nicklicious is sitting on one of these go-kart type of things like you know and i'm like what the hell with his little blue shorts and his red shirt and instantly seeing him on that took me back to cambodia second chances when keith stole that little go-kart and was riding around in the go-kart just around it around remember those second chances i was dying so i saw this and i was like baby boy nick what is you doing what in the keith is going on here so yes this week's freak of the week is nicklicious so you know what to do make sure y'all go to his Instagram page Nick Wilson 11 under that post and let him know baby boy is the freak of the week and with that being said that's going to conclude this week's purple pants podcast I just want to give a special shout out to everyone that has listened to this podcast it definitely was a tough one for me to get through but I thank you guys again for listening and hearing me talk and you know being advocates and allies for everything that is going on I greatly appreciate you make sure you go to that Apple podcast and subscribe to the purple pants podcast if you haven't Tell a friend to tell a friend. Write me a review. Give me some five stars because you know your baby boy loves a five star. 
Okay. And just remember, Purple Pants Podcast, it's a lot going on. And listen, we can combat a lot of things with understanding and love. So try to show some understanding and love during this difficult time of our nation. I greatly appreciate it, guys. And you know where to find me, okay? This time next week, it's a, it's a, it's a. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public. Might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You trying to unwind? You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You trying to get your snack? You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants.